0: Put on your mental track shoes and run with me. This is The Powwow with Myra. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Today's guest is Chris Reyes. Chris is a a newly YouTube blogger whose focus is on mental health based on his own experience. Um, He's also a single father of two. And so help me welcome Chris. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Uh, okay, so let's let's dive in. Let's go ahead and start by telling us who is Chris. Where where do you come from? Um, where did you grow up? And uh, and then we'll go from there.
1: Absolutely. So yes, uh, Chris Reyes, uh, YouTube uh, Reyes underscore GetFit eighty seven. Make sure you smash and like that subscribe button. Hey. <laughs> um, I'm thirty six years old. I come from Lubbock, Texas, which is like five hours west from here and uh born in 87 and um growing up my mom my mom had me at a very young age she had me when she was 16 mm.
0: and now if you want to bring this up a little bit that way oh yeah yeah, yeah there you yeah, go we're good okay. yeah yeah
1: yeah so my mom had me at a very young age um had me when she was 16 and from what I remember and I do remember a lot and that's one thing with me is like I have very great memory mm. so we it was just me and her um she was always she was She's the true definition of an independent mom, you know, someone who does it all by herself. I remember her um, walking with me with one hand, groceries in the other hand, would always make sure that she put myself first. So growing up, you know, with, with me and her, we, we struggled. We struggled financially. And, but she always, she always made a way. She always found a way. And because of her, I am the man that I am today. So growing up lived in Lubbock for it's when I was ten years old, and then we lived in Kansas City for about three years and you know that's where my mom had met my my dad well stepdad, but I consider him my my dad you know he's been there for me my whole life mm-hmm. and uh, and also because of him, I am the man that I am today mm. and we lived in Kansas City for about three years from i want to say it was ninety seven all the way to ninety nine moved back to Lubbock for a couple of years and then we moved here uh Nine, New Year's Day of 99 New Year's so, Day Yeah, so I, 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 great memory I have really great memory <laughs> <laughs> So I've uh, been here uh, pretty much all my life So I would definitely say Dallas is definitely my home I can't think of anywhere else to be
0: Yeah, awesome So do you have any siblings?
1: I do I have a, a brother who's We're literally 10 years apart Like literally 10 years apart both, both of our birthdays are in January His is on the 31st of January Mine's on the 5th mm. So he's twenty six so it's never hard for us to forget our birthdays. We just count ten years back <laughs> and uh, I do have a younger sister you know she's twenty three and uh her and my brother are more close, so my mom had between my brother and me she just she waited a long time to have another kid, but them them two are really close so yes, they are they are my my baby brother, and my baby sister <laughs> so
0: you guys have a pretty good relationship,
1: yeah, absolutely um growing up i Helped raise with my mom, with my brother and my sister, and you know I was taking them to school and everything. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: But
1: my brother, my brother and my sister, they have more of a closer relationship just because they were they're three years apart. So they even went to the same school together. They even you know did everything together. By the time that they were already like in middle school, I I was already kind of living my own life. I already had my first child, so and I, I wasn't living at home anymore. But as when they were younger and stuff, you know I was definitely there. But even now we have a great relationship. My brother lives in San Antonio now, and so my and then my sister she she lives here. She's engaged now, so family is definitely expanding.
0: Beautiful as it should. Yeah.
1: And my brother, uh, who has two kids now, has two daughters of his own. So two be- my two nieces, first time uncle right here.
0: Oh, <laughs> and now your your daughters have cousins.
1: They do, they do. And my my oldest daughter, she's about to be, uh, thirteen. She'll be thirteen in in October. She's very excited. Uh, to be in her teens. And my youngest daughter, Amaya, she's uh, about to be 10. She's just excited to be in double digits. Mm. I just told her, it's like, when you get older, it gets harder. Life gets harder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, You start seeing life, right? Yeah. (laughs) Right. So when, when you were living with your mother before Mm -hmm. you moved to Kansas, Mm -hmm. what was, what was your life like? Man. From what you can remember.
1: Yeah. So having a good memory, it's good. Sometimes it's good, but then sometimes it's it's bad. So uh, what I'm going to share, because I put a lot of thought into this, mm. even people, I worked at my job for about five and a half years and not even the closest people to me know about this. Only a handful of people know what I'm about to share with the world. So as I mentioned, my mom, she was very independent. She worked really hard. But we didn't really have anybody, you know, my my real dad wasn't really in the picture. We didn't really have, you know, a babysitter or she couldn't afford a babysitter at the time. So I, I remember her taking her, taking me to work with her. And obviously, you know, the manager can only do so much and kind of just told her, hey, look, you need to get a babysitter or we just can't give you hours. So um, I do remember my mom had found this family of workers that she worked with and they offered, hey, we have a babysitter that you can leave your son with while you work and if you can imagine my mom worked countless hours so I remember staying with this family and it was only it was literally only about a month because we were so one part I left out so before moving to Kansas City we moved to Amarillo and which is like about an hour from Lubbock and while we lived over there staying with this family uh this family had like a different had like a really dark side evil side, and for about a month since of me being there they I was sexually abused for a month as a kid mm. i was uh four four or five years old. mind you when you're that young you're a kid you don't know what's being done to you you don't you don't know what's being done to you and when the the way that these people put put fear in me as a kid, they would tell you say things if you mention this to anybody, we'll beat you so hard to where well, you'll never see your family again. So as a kid, it it scares you. So I grew up with that fear. I grew up not telling anybody. And when I got into middle school, as I got older and I started to learn what was done to me, it really it was it was kind of hard just because I was like, wow. So that was done to me, and then you 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 hear about stuff on, on the news and about it happening to other people. It wasn't until when I was 23 years old. Mind you, this happened when I was four. I was four or five. I'm 23 years old. I already had my first child, and that's when I decided to talk to my mom about it. So she didn't know about this through this whole time, so I kept it with me. And I, I remember she put so much guilt and blame on her because she felt like she failed as a as a mom, and I told her don't feel that way. I, I'm okay with bringing this up to you now, and I think after when I had my first child, like it, it weighed on me. Like I needed to talk to someone about it, and what what more, what person could I talk to more about than my mom? I feel like she needed to know, but at the same time, I didn't want her to feel guilty because I knew that she was. And I'll never forget she left that night, and I didn't hear from her. I didn't hear from her for like almost like a few hours I got worried and she was at church going at confession cuz she felt like she needed to confess a, a lot of things and and I just told her don't put guilt on yourself. It was something that I just kept secret just because I just I was I was embarrassed to know what was done to me. And as a kid like I said you you don't know what's being done and I do think that that played a factor as far as me just being kind of sheltered off cuz my my sister and my brother would, would would tell you that I was really quiet as a as a child. And again, it was just due to embarrassment cuz I learned and I researched and I was like how could these people do that, you know? And it would be very hard for me to to kind of grasp of that, but I just told myself, you know, I can't focus on that. It was in the past and everything happens for a reason. And that is something I can utilize to being stronger, being the person that I am today. And I'm okay. I'm okay with sharing that with people because I know there's people out there that been through this. And I can guarantee you, Myra, they probably have not told anybody because they're ashamed Mm. just like I was. But you don't have to be ashamed of it because it wasn't something that you can control. It doesn't make you a bad person you know, but you could share it to help other people, so that way, for parents, they can do better. You know, with their with their children. Not saying that mom mom didn't do better with me; she she just didn't know. Right. You know, but I, it was funny because when I did tell her, she tried to track these people down <laughs> two decades later, and um, but that was life before you know.
0: So when you were 4 and 5 and and this family was doing to you i mean obviously you mentioned there was fear mm-hmm. what were you thinking at the time as a child mm-hmm. do you remember kind of like i remember how you what you were thinking
1: i remember everything from the feel of the carpets on my feet i remember how they would blast music to cover the screams i remember the smell of cigarettes i remember everything it's it's something they will never forget very specific details. And when when you're a kid, I was you're just thinking like this is what normal people do. Like, mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm I'm young. I, I didn't know. But they did a very great job of keeping me quiet. Like I I don't know people of kids nowadays, you know, with social media and everything, with cell phones and everything, like there's really nothing that you can keep the quiet awareness. nowadays. It's awareness. So I'm very thankful for that, especially having children. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, But back then, you know, the technology wasn't as it was, you know, as it is now. Right. So, I mean, that's how the way I was feeling. It was just more of fear, but I just I couldn't do anything about it. I was scared. I I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to tell. And
0: did the did you think about who could I tell? Did did that ever cross your mind?
1: It did when I got older. Uh, I want to say when when I really started to get into like middle school. Well, I want to say it was probably a bit earlier than that, because you even now kids are very curious at a young age. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I kind of battle with my daughters, you know. So I, I you get curious and you start to learn about these things. And at that point, yes, then I was wondering, like, should I tell somebody? But it was more so of me just being more embarrassed to talk about it because I didn't know if that was people are going to be like, oh, you know, he's a freak. He's a you know, this kid is weird or he's just looking for attention. And trust me, that's not attention I would have wanted anyway. So, tw- at 23 years old, we're talking about almost two decades later. That's when I finally decided to say something because I just remember, and, and it probably had a lot to do, Myra, with, with me having my first daughter. Because when I saw her for the very first time, and you know, having a child, it's the biggest blessing. And you know, right then and there, that you're going to do everything in your power to protect your, your child. Mm. So, I think for me it was more of, it was just more of just weight on me that I needed to talk to about it, mm. and I knew I didn't want to talk to anyone about it except my mom. Yeah. Um, but obviously, since then, you know, you know, there's a handful of people that know my, my kid's mom, you know, my my, uh, you know, a couple of relationships that I had, you know, I was honest with them about it. Family knows, but as far as like coworkers and stuff like that, you know, these people don't know. But I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm okay because like I said if if I'm going to be on here I want people to know what I really went through.
0: You know, and I believe uh, you're okay because it's hard talking about these things, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're able to talk about it mm-hmm. or at least begin to talk about it. Right. I think that is part also of the healing process. Right. Um and it's a long process um like anything else it's it's a process now that there's things that are more complex than others for example yours right right so um but I, I i do believe and i can see it because you're talking about it in such a you just seem so strong right you know at this point so i i know that there's definitely a lot of thought mm-hmm. that has happened between Four or five, and today right. even, right? right? Because you mentioned you only told that to your mom, and then your closest people, like your right. relationship, which you mm-hmm. know it makes sense. Right. So, so coming out and talking about about that and mm-hmm. your experience, that just shows how far you've come. Right. Um. And you know, I can't wait to see even where you're going because, right. uh. I I I can't relate thank god mm-hmm. but um but I've heard many stories mm-hmm. you know and they and they all talk speak and they say how at first they can't talk about it until right. until they they they're older until they grow up and they start the healing process and right. they've healed some to where now they're able to share that experience. Right. Right. So you had your da- your daughter mm-hmm. and what 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 was what was the aha moment or the thought that said yes, I'm going to tell my mom? Like what what about ha- be- becoming a father of of a daughter? Right. What what about that made you say yes, I'm going to tell share it with my mother?
1: You know, when my 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 daughter Brianna when she was I mean she it's funny now because when you look at it, even then so she's about to be 13 so now we're talking about 13 years ago cuz she was literally I want to say she was probably maybe 2 or 3 months old. I think for me coming home every day after work and just seeing my baby girl, just seeing her. And I've always told, when I was younger, I told myself I never wanted to have kids. I couldn't imagine myself having kids, much less two daughters. And I always just thought to myself, like, am I ever even going to be a good father? And I told myself that thinking with what happened to me when I was younger, could I even be a good father? Could I protect them? Could I what could I do? You know, like I'm going to fail at being a father and the people closest to me will tell you that sometimes I do have fears. Am I doing enough for my children? Am I, am I being more self-aware? So I worried about that. So to answer your question, the aha moment that I had was I told myself, I'm going to be a damn good father. I'm going to, I'm going to be a good father. I know I, I have the confidence in myself that when I see my, my baby girl and, You know, I I worked two jobs at the time, and I I, I wanted to provide for for my family. So, and I don't know if it was just God speaking to me that day, Mm. but I just remember waking up that morning and I go into work at 8. I remember remember my, at the job that I had at the time, my hours were from 8 to 4.30. The moment that I woke up, I I, I felt guilty, but I just couldn't figure out what it was. I was like, I mean, is is there something going to happen? I have a bad gut feeling. And as the day went through, that whole remember I told you that the the feel of the carpet on my feet, mm-hmm. the the music blaring, everything was just going through through my head that day. I didn't want to talk to anyone that day. I didn't want to be messed with, and I I knew I was like, okay, I got it. It's time. It's time to talk to to somebody. But I knew it was my mom. It was my mom. It had to be my mom. I remember my grandmother was in town, staying with us at that time. So it it actually ended up. Not only just being my mom, but obviously my grandmother was a part of the conversation. So, you know, she was a part of that. But I, I knew how, what it was going to do to my mom. I, I knew it was going to affect her. And i that's why I didn't want to talk about it to her. But I felt like she needed to know. Mm-hmm. If, I, if something were to happen to me that day, I wanted her to know. And she told me exactly what I knew she was going to say. She felt like she failed. And I told her. How can you fail at something when you didn't know? Because I guarantee you if I would have told you something then you would have done something about it. But it was just, it was my choice. I mean, obviously as a kid, these people did a really great job of instilling a lot of fear in me. I mean, when you're a kid, I mean you can go to a three year old kid down the street and bully him and he's gonna be scared of you. And that's what was done. So don't don't feel like you you failed at anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and
0: did these people that take care of you did they have other kids they took care of no
1: no they didn't have any kids um they didn't even have like any pictures of of family you know hung around on the walls and again it's very i'm 36 years old and i can remember that so vividly <laughs> but no they did not have family and i just rem- one thing i i will say when when you're a kid and you're not knowing what what happened and again, like I said, I'm a big, strong believer in God. So like back then, you don't know what kind of mysterious ways that God's working in. But I remember a month from what was supposed to be for a very long time. it only lasted a month. And my mom told me one day, hey, I quit my job. We're moving back to Lubbock. And I just remember, "Yay! I'm not going to have to come back to this bad place anymore. So I I, I do remember that. So I was definitely saved <laughs> at that time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Was it a male and a female? Was it a couple? What What kind of people? What was taking care of you?
1: Uh, male and female.
0: Male and female. And what age group would you say? From
1: what I can remember, I I want to just based off their. I want to say like maybe like in their late twenties, thirties. One thing I do remember, I, I remember like a an elderly lady always being there. I do remember that. Um, but she was always locked in a room. So thinking about it later on. Because I remember my mom even questioned me about that. She was like, "Do you remember a lady being there? Did, did she ever do anything about it?" I was like, "No." So, um, when my mom, because like I said, she, even then she she tried to track them down, and and she did end up finding of their whereabouts, but uh, both of them had died from AIDS. So, yeah, was, so nothing would have been done anyway. So, to to go and like talk about this publicly. I think it's very important for people out there who did go through, you know, trauma abuse like that. Don't be scared to, to talk about it, especially if you have children, because I was a coward and I didn't want to talk about it <clears throat> because I don't want people to think of me weird. But eventually you're going to feel that weight on your shoulders and it's a huge weight that I didn't want anymore, because at that point I knew I had the confidence that I was going to be a good protector of my children. And so, I didn't know I was gonna have another child, and then we ended up having another one two years later. And so that protection only gets even stronger. Mm-hmm. And so I consider myself, me personally, being a, a great father, one of the greatest fathers out there. And, and that's why, like, for my mom, I have the most respect for for women who are single moms, and and I see what they do and see how hard that they work for their children. And because I, my mom is. Like my, my mom is my everything to me. And, um,
0: yeah, it's, I I think it's a great message. What you just said about like coming out and, and talking about it. Mm -hmm. And so for the people that have gone through a traumatic experience, Mm -hmm. such as abuse, Mm -hmm. uh, physical abuse, um, or any kind of abuse really, um, so, I mean, I understand your your daughter was your, your motivation and you mm-hmm. had that confidence. Where do you think that confidence came from? Because when you said I, I had the confidence for the people that don't, mm-hmm. I feel like confidence is a, it's you kind of need confidence, right, right to kind of help to have the guts to do something that's courageous. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you gain or how, where did you get that confidence from?
1: Adversity, adversity, and the reason why I say that is because I know that my kids are going to go through adversity one day. I know that they're going to go through, especially you know now that you know she because even now she's in the sixth grade and she's already telling me of, of, of things you know like pressures on boys and stuff like that and things that she's you know she, she was in, actually just recently she was involved in a um in a in a situation to where there was a boy sexually harassing her. And it scared her. And, you know, she went to the principal and, you know, police had to get involved and everything. And I remember I'm at work and, you know, because their mom was now married, you know, so they they do have a stepdad, you know, he's calling me. And it's like, hey, there's a situation with Brianna. I think you should know. And so even that, and I remember my daughter telling me, I, I don't want to go back to school because obviously it was a big deal. And she felt like going back to school that people were going to make fun of her. And so I explained to her, I was like, don't think that way. And I explained to her, you're going to go through adversity. And this is part of adversity and that's where the confidence came from because I want to be an example to my daughters that you're going to go through things in life whether if you want to keep it secret like I did or if you want to go public with it but you need to know how to face adversity because you're going to go through that and you just need to know how to counter it and how to how to counter it and just support yourself with people who who will support you mm-hmm. so and that's one thing that i stress to my to my daughters now my daughters don't know anything about what happened to me and i don't plan on telling them probably to when they're like older because i don't want to i don't want to scare them they're kids so they stuff that they see like on tv they they hear about these shootings and stuff like the one that happened in Uvalde last year and they were scared to death to go to school and so i don't want to you know tell them anything that would happen with me so they're already they're already aware of, of everything. And I, but I did explain to them, you're going to go through things in life, whether yeah. if it be, are, is, is he, is he going to ask me out to prom? Is, you know, am I going to do good on the star test? And you know, am I, you're going to go through those adversity things and you just have to, to learn how to counter it. But as your father and you're blessed with a, with an awesome stepdad and, and your mom, you know, our job as parents and step parents is to, to help guide you through that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely True, so essentially, you're preparing them kind of mentally to mm-hmm. to be strong, right, right, yeah, okay, um, so then you move to Amarillo and then Kansas, where you meet your stepfather, who you see as a father, right, so right. um, when your mom brings this new guy, what was what were your initial thoughts as a son?
1: I was eight years old at the time. And at the time, like I, I didn't like him. I, I I didn't like him at first. I think that's natural for any kid who sees their mom dating someone, whether if you're a daughter or a son, I didn't like him at first. And, but he was, he was there for me. He was there to scold me. He was there to spank me. He was there to ground me. He was there to tell me, you know, if, if I'm failing, you know, uh, everything's going to get taken away, like no sports or anything. And he was being a parent. And when you're young like that, you know, especially when it comes from step parents, you don't really realize that they're doing this because they love you. And I remember he would always tell me he he would every time if it was after like a spanking, if it was after a grounding, he would always say they, the, they, this one thing over and over. I'm doing this because I love you. I'm doing this because I love you. When you're young and when they're telling you that, you're just like, uh, whatever. Whatever. But as you get older, and especially as a father, you you understand that, and even to this day, when I see him, I tell him, "Thank you, thank you for everything that you've done." And, but yeah, at the time, like I, I it was hard. It was it was it was hard because here I am with another with a male figure in my life, and kind of dealing with the trauma that no one knows about. Because again, I'm still no one knows, right? But. I knew that I wanted to see my mom happy. And my mom was happy and yeah, he took care of and he had a daughter um of his own, so I had like a stepsister. So I, I think that also made it easier as well because I had another a sibling there. And then, you know, my, my brother was born. And so I think I think that's when I knew that like, okay, things are gonna be okay. Cause, mm. you know, we were we were building a family.
0: Yeah. Did did you how how did your mother discipline you alongside with him was was she in the picture disciplining you or uh was she more like just kind of letting him be that father figure how did your mom play a part
1: that's actually a good question um my 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 again I I, stepdad I like using the word dad you can say dad dad. I (laughs) I relate
0: because I I have or had a stepdad that I never called him stepdad it was my dad so feel free to call him dad I got you
1: yeah, he was actually more of the the, the man of the house, the right. <clears throat> the disciplinary person. Yes, my mom would be there to kind of jump in, but it was more so of like she just let him do everything, and and thankfully so he did because he was he, he was hard on us, well hard on me and my and my and my stepsister, and but again, what he, were the
0: expectations?
1: Expectations were. Do good in school and he definitely like a's and b's you know definitely the grades were good he didn't want no hanging around with the wrong crowd Mm. because he would always say hanging around with the wrong crowd is going to get you in a lot of bad places and and he was right and also because we would walk from school to to home and he would always like walk straight from school to home because you don't know what could happen and he was always the one that would do like the random like drives up just to see what you were doing. And so he, he, he was the true definition of, of, of a father, but yeah, my mom definitely kind of led it up to him, but yeah, she would, she would definitely be in there to to kind of give her two cents, but he was definitely the the male figure of, of my life.
0: Yeah. So if you and I were friends in high school, mm-hmm. who were you at the time? Who is, what were you like in high school?
1: Um, man. <laughs> In high school, I was. So, in, I kind of, to answer that question, I kind of have to go back to middle school. Because mm-hmm. in middle school, I was this nerd, wear big glasses, because I, I have to wear either glasses or contacts. Right now, I have all my contacts. But I, back then, you know, we really couldn't afford contacts. So, I had like those big bifocals. So, I was more of like the nerd, the, the geek, always getting made fun of and everything. And, um, but what really changed for me as far as like popularity, When I was in the eighth grade, I tried out for track and I ended up being one of the fastest kids in school. So when we ended up going to track meets and everything, that's when people were like, Hey, that's, that's Chris, that's the fastest kid in school. So then I started to notice the, you know, people like wanting to talk to me more. And then going into high school, when you when you're in middle school, you kind of go up against all the the district schools. So in middle in high school, then you you kind of get together with all the kids that went to those different middle schools. So people were new of me, and I knew of other people. So it was actually it it kind of got to my head a little bit. So I just thought myself as this untouchable person, and I just I wasn't my my head wasn't where it should have been. I wasn't really focused on school, and
0: what was your focus?
1: um my focus was on at the time as a kid your focus like okay you know girlfriends talking to different girls at the same time just doing stuff that you shouldn't have been doing um not really really there came a time which i feel like every kid does this during their like early teenage years they're very disobedient and you know they like
0: they're finding their way. They're finding their They're way. testing their limits. Right,
1: right. So that was that was me, and I was definitely on the verge of not being able to, to graduate on time. So, yeah, it was definitely—I was doing a lot of stuff I shouldn't have been doing, running away from home, and th- there definitely was a phase to where I felt like, you know, I was just my own person, just doing my own thing. And my dad—and I'll never forget, one day I ran away from home— <laughs> And my mom, while my mom was over there trying to look for me, he told my mom, no, let him go. Let him go. Mind you, I'm like, what, 15, 16? Let him go. Let him learn. Let him learn. Let him learn. Let him figure it out. And if he comes back tomorrow or whatever, or most likely we'll get a call that he ended up in jail or whatever. And if we get that call, we're going to let him sit in there. Let him figure it out. So that just goes to show you of the type of dad that he was. So, why wilder my people are like, "Dang, he was a harsh dad." No, he wasn't. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I was like I was struggling and I will never forget he came in. was back then we had pay phones, we didn't have cell phones back then. Um I was like, "Hey, can you can you come and pick me up?" And his first thing was, "Have you learned your lesson? Cuz we're not I'm not going to be doing this with you anymore. Mm. You're going to get you're going to get your act together and you're going to stop you're going to stop this." And from that point on, you know, everything changed.
0: And where, uh, in in what grade were you in in high school when this happened?
1: It was my, my junior year, my, yeah, it was, yeah, definitely my junior going into my senior year. Mm. Yeah. So that was really during the time where I just, I just didn't really care about anything. And I, I was literally on the verge of like not being able to graduate. And it was just you know, calls getting my, my dad and my mom kept on getting calls from like teachers and stuff. And it was, it was just a a really bad, you know, time of my life. Just kind of just doing what kids do and teenagers.
0: What was the reason you decided at the time you were independent enough to leave home? What was what Yeah.
1: So my dad mentioned, if you remember earlier, my dad mentioned Stop following these so-called friends because they're going to put you in a lot of bad places. Mm -hmm. So I would see other kids do it. So I wanted to be cool and be like them. So I would follow literally everything that they would do.
0: So was there a particular group of friends that you were just trying to, like, follow their steps, essentially?
1: Yeah, just trying to—because I would look at—
0: Would they tell you what to do or—
1: They wouldn't so much tell me what to do. I just knew that my parents were more strict on me Mm. while their parents let them do whatever they want. And that goes into play with my dad saying every time when he would discipline me, I'm doing this because I love you.
2: Mm.
1: So for the parents that allow their kids to do whatever they want, it didn't really care. The parents obviously didn't care if they were going to end up in jail or end up dead or whatever. But my dad did this to me because he loved me and he wanted me to know the difference between right and wrong. So when he would remind me, these p- kids of yours, these so-called friends are going to put you in a lot of bad places, it, you know, that's, and that's where it, it was leading me down to.
0: Yes. So when you decided to make the call and said, hey, come get me. Mm-hmm. And your, your dad says, you can't do this again. Mm-hmm. um, What goes through your mind? Do you, like, what's going through your mind at the time?
1: I remember I stayed the night at a park. I was at a park overnight. In the cold and no food, nothing. Mm. So, while some people may think that's harsh, like my dad did that for a reason. Like he's telling my mom, no, don't call him, don't don't bother him, or don't go look for him. Don't worry, because I guarantee he's coming back. You just you need to let him learn. Because if you keep on, because I have already, this was like the second or third time I had done this, and he was tired of it. If you want, so he would always use the word, you want to be grown, you want to act like you're grown. Okay, go out there. See how the way the road is. I guarantee you, you're not ready for it. Mm. And so, now.
0: So, what was your plan? Where were you going?
1: I had no plan. I just, I just felt like I was being a rebel. Okay. I, you know, these kids, you know, th- their parents let them do whatever they want, but my parents are so strict. So, why can I do?
0: Whatever I want. So you stayed, you didn't even stay over at a friend's. You just, Mm -hmm. you stayed overnight, like, at a park.
1: Right, right. And
0: you're about 16 or so.
1: I mean, I remember I ran away. Um, It's funny. I ran away to, you know, a girl's house one time just to kind of hang out with her. And I just didn't, I really just didn't know what I was going to do. Like, obviously, I wasn't going to stay the night there. You know, what was I going to do? I just didn't want to go back home. So I didn't really even put much thought into it. Like, okay, where am I staying tonight? So it's it's the little stupid things that you think back now. Did you pack anything?
0: No, nothing. Just I just
1: rode my bike and just <laughs> went just traveling. i was like, hey, I'm just gonna just take it. What I don't want to say day by day, but just take it by the hour to see where the day takes me.
0: So, so you were a track star in mm-hmm. uh, junior high. Did you continue playing sports in high school?
1: Yes. So um, end up playing. Track was my main thing just because I, I, I always had like long legs. So I don't know if it was more me being fast. I think it was just more of like bigger strides, but also playing football as well. And, um, I liked playing basketball. I just wasn't really good at it. I was a good defender, but just not really like a good shooter. So I always, I always did that. But football was always like my main thing. Um, I don't know if you remember when we used to do the flag football mm-hmm. things at Monty. So we were, I was always, always loved doing that. But yes, uh, Football and track and basketball here and there. But track was really my main thing.
0: How were your grades in high school? Did they have the no pass, no play?
1: Yes, yes. And as a matter of fact, just to go and to show you the how my dad was, my, my sophomore year, I had failed history. I failed it with the 67. My coach at the time was going to allow me to play. I don't know how he was... He was going to swing that, but he was going to allow me to play. And my dad was like, no, no. And he literally went up to the school and talked to the coach and made me empty my locker and take out the pads and give them back to – like my dad did that. If he doesn't pass, he's not playing. Wow. So that's how the way my dad was. He truly cared. He he really did. And –
0: Because it takes energy and effort and timing. I mean, he has to go there. He has to talk to these people. Mm -hmm. It's not not just a press of a button, you know. It's things he has to do for what reason, obviously.
1: Right. And mind you, I'm not even his blood. I'm not even his kid. So, you know, he loved loved me. And it's funny because talking about helping raising my brother, my brother went through the exact same thing, but his was way worse his disobedience was way worse like and and I'm not trying to make him sound bad on camera but to see where he was then to where he is now an amazing brother a definitely amazing father and he's an amazing friend to to everybody else but he he too went through that phase in high school to where you know he kept on getting sent to court for truancy for skipping class hanging out with the wrong crowd um one time he my mom had just bought a new car and he in the middle of the night stole my mom's car to go out with the pick up these friends, end up totaling that car. And, you know, the the kids of the of the parents of the kids that you were riding with, they were all wanting to press charges against my mom since my brother was the driver and he was on the verge of not wanting to 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 of not graduating. But the thing is my brother, he was a he was a superstar in football. He was like one of the greatest receivers in the district. And he, um, we're talking about like when he was in middle school, he, he was already getting like high school coaches looking at him. He was already a freshman, sophomore in, in high school. There were already colleges, big time colleges reaching out to him. And so he was kind of going through this phase. And this is where the big brother part comes into play. And mind you, I already had my first daughter at this time. So the confidence that we talked about, the adversity, I'm already starting to build on that. So now with these are still my baby, this is still my baby brother. And so, cause I was 23, 24. So he's 14, 15 at the time. So now like I'm over here trying to be there for him. And while he's going through this whole thing to where it was bad, he was causing my mom a lot of anxiety. And cause at that time, my mom and my dad, they, they separated because they they haven't been together since they haven't been together since 20, since 2009. So yeah, they, they were already separated. So and I think I think that also had a lot to do with my brother's disobedience. Just the separation took mm-hmm. a lot on him. And so with
0: the big brother. hmm So that's where the big brother comes in. That's where in. the big brother comes in. And so what, what would you how do you what what do you tell him as you're seeing his steps and they look similar like yours, but m- maybe they may seem a little bit w- worse than Mm -hmm. yours right what's how do you how what do you tell them
1: so at the time when I was because I had worked two jobs for most of my life I don't know why I just I just did it like I would work one job in the morning and go to a night job so I worked at a night job to where it was a lot of kids who worked there and I remember there was a kid who was hanging around with the wrong crowd and he went out drinking and he totaled his car and he had passed away this kid was like 20 years old and he ran into a pillar off of 35 in Louisville, and I remember when I would leave work, because it happened right by work. You could see like where they did like a little, you know, memorial for him. So I remember, because I had already knew that my brother was causing a lot of issues, but at the time, you got to remember, I'm I'm trying to raise my daughter, I'm with my own family. you had but, a full plate, right? But at the same time, that's my my brother, and um I wanted I wanted to help in some way, so. I think the final straw for me is whenever he wrecked my mom's car and I was just like, okay, all right, I, I, I got to do something. So I remember I, I picked him up one night and he has no idea what's going on. He's He was scared of me at the time. And I take him to the, the little memorial thing where the kid had died and I told him, at the route that you're going, I know I'm not your dad, but I'm your big brother. And I've been there before. What you're doing, I've been there. I haven't been to this extent before, but I've been there. At the route that you're going, this is how the way you're going to end up. This kid was 20 years old. Okay? And as sad as it is, he made a choice and this is where he ends up. What you did, you, what you did with your friends and this little girl that you're trying to impress, who you're probably never going to end up spending the rest of your life with your kid. That could have been all of y'all. Or it could have been you could have been seriously injured, you know, eating through a straw for the rest of your life. And I remember when I took him there, it kind of sunk in. So then after that, I remember we went to a Burger King by our house. And I sat down and we talked for hours and I was like, why are you acting like this? This is not you. You're a great kid. Something's going on. And he had, he was, like I said, he was really good in uh, high school. The summer before, because this was all in his junior year. The summer before his junior year, he had tore his ACL. So he knew that was going to be a setback for him. And he ended up losing like his starting position. And I think he he admitted to me that the family and and I'm guilty of it because he was so good in my life that we really felt like he's gonna make it to the NFL like that's how good he was, and he even told me he's like I feel like the family puts a lot of pressure on me to be something that I don't I don't know if this is what I want to do I don't know if I want to play football and I feel like the family expects so much out of me and they're you know obviously I'm trying to stay on top of my grades and obviously with my injury I just don't know if it's something I want to do. And so I kind of found myself just doing what I want to do, which was, you know, doing the wrong things. So we weren't, as a family, we weren't really, we were pushing him like, hey, do good in football, do good in football. But we weren't letting him be himself. We weren't letting him do what he wanted to be. And so the downside of it was that he started becoming rebellious and just doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. And after that talk, I don't want to say that I was the reason why everything changed, but I just told him, like, look, Look what you're doing to mom. Like you're causing her a lot of anxiety right now. You know, you you have these kids' parents are reaching out to her, saying that they're going to sue her for the injuries that caused for them because you were driving. You're a good kid. It's not too late. It's never too late. And sure enough, man, he started... I used that same phrase that my dad used, and I used it with him. These kids, these kids' so-called friends, are going to put you in a lot of bad places. And he started doing the right thing. I would call him every day, like, how's your grades? How's it going? You know, you don't have to play football, you know. I, I do think you should let the family know how the way you feel. Um, and he started doing good and he started doing the right thing. And sure enough, he graduated on time and look at him now. He's a he's a great father with, with two kids and and he's uh he yeah, he's def he's only twenty six years old, but he's he's definitely a man. He's so good to his fiance and he's he's a great kid.
0: Sounds like a mm-hmm. proud brother.
1: I, I, most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, you know, he had it, he had that older brother, like, that it's almost like, like a second. I mean, there's 10 years difference, right? right? So right. it's not like, you know, shut up. You're only like a year older than me, right? right? Like, right. there's a whole 10 years. So there's a level of respect. It sounds like he respected you at the time.
1: Right, right. And Absolutely. and
0: showing him, like you didn't just sit sit in his room and lectured him or mm-hmm. even, you know, get onto him in a negative way. Right. Or or, you know, in a way that would he would put his guard up, right? Right. right. You showed him something a, a a road that could be there if if he followed those same steps, right? right? So right you talked to him and you showed him. So he saw that. And, and it sounds like the perspective was, was implemented or, you know, a different perspective Mm and, and who knows, maybe you could have saved your brother's life, you know, by just being open with him and 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 understanding.
1: And I told him, I was like, I know it's a little bit more than that. I know that the separation from mom and dad has a lot to do with it. And because I know it affected my sister as well. And, it's it's funny how the way the cycle goes. So I'm I'm there for my brother, and then my brother was there for my sister. So me and my sister kind of grew up I always. We grew up bumping heads. I don't know why, but maybe it was just more of the the brothers picking on the little sister. But um, my brother and my sister were more close. But he was the one there for her to kind of you know get her from doing the wrong things. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. So okay, so you're you're in high school. You're you're playing sports. And, uh, you, you run out of your home, you you ran out mm-hmm. thinking who knows nothing, right? You didn't right, have a right. plan. No plan. You decide, okay, I need to call him back and come get me. And so, uh, did you finish off the year mm-hmm. basically? And th- those friendships, what did you do with those friendships? Did, were they still there? Just not as influential or what happened to those friendships?
1: Um, well, I mean, you you know who your friends are. And again, at the time I was so young, I, I just, I didn't know anything of, I mean, obviously they were just bad influences. That's all they were. Yeah. So I just continued on just with doing the right thing. And they weren't really, they weren't really there. So you could tell it was just kind of more like, okay, well, we'll make new friends. But I kind of focused more like on sports. And, you know, I ended up in my, going into my senior year, you know, I, I was in like in a two year relationship. So my focus was just on this one person and she was a great great person that you know, so I had my focus on that. She had got really close to my family and everything. So uh, your girlfriend was, mm-hmm, at the time. Okay. Right. So there was really no distraction other than, than that and then sports and just, you know, finishing off the school year and everything.
0: Okay. So you this is where you find uh, a girlfriend. Is mm-hmm. was this the same girl you you uh left home one time? Or no, is that a different one? No,
1: it's just different. I was like I said, I was, I was, uh, what's, what's the word for it? I I was one of Rebellious. those kids. Yes. I was one of those kids where I was just like, Oh, I can have anybody that I want to. And it's funny because when I think about it, I'm like, God, why did you have to give me two daughters? And I feel like karma is going to come back to me. Th- <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's why I'm like there as a father, like, Hey, yeah. look, you know, look out for these signs.
0: <laughs> so your girlfriend at the time, your next, uh, point of focus, uh, when do you start dating her, uh, senior year? Um, junior year,
1: we met. I was a I was a senior and she was a junior because we had we had algebra class, so it was kind of one of those like mixture grade okay. classes. So, uh, yeah, and so we started dating. And
0: what um, did you see in her that attracted you?
1: She, I was horrible at math. <laughs> I was horrible at math, and so I would she would always help me with 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 my with with my homework and everything. So I think that that obviously led us into talking more. And at the time, like, I, I was working, I got a, my first job working as a host at Chili, so I was able to afford a cell phone, and she had a cell phone, so we would, like, text and everything. And, but that was the start of it, you know, it was um, we met in math, and she would always help me, and I think it was more so at first of just, like, using her, but then the attraction started to fall into place, mm-hmm. and... But, yeah. Uh, the the, the mm, affection started growing. Right. right
0: yeah. Mm. OK. And so you have a job. And what what made you want to find a job?
1: Because um, I wanted my. So an, another part of my 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 dad's parenting, which, again, I think for, I wanted a car, I wanted all these nice things that all the other parents would pay for their kids. And my mom and dad was like, I'm not paying for none of that. You're going to get a job. And you're going to take care of all that on your own. Because if I do it for you, you're not learning anything. So my parents were more old school in that in that factor. So I, they were more old school as far as like, you know, you're going to get a job. This is what you're going to do. And, um... That's how the way that that was that's, the inspiration. That was the inspiration because yeah. I I wanted to save it for a car, and I wanted you know to have like the nice clothes and like you know all the nice things. So
2: that was yeah. my motivation. It for makes it. sense.
0: I mean, it's right the time where mm-hmm. it makes complete sense, and it's a great motivation to you know. I I think getting a job, um, especially. Were you uh, a waiter at the time, or I, I was
1: a host, a host, yeah, or
0: mm-hmm. but any any job it gives you that experience to interact with people, mm-hmm. and it gives you responsibility, right? And right. I think like that's how things start. Like as when when you're born, obviously you have zero responsibilities, but as you start growing up, you add maybe uh, other than school. Obviously, if you can take care of school. That's a responsibility and then if you can't add a job, that's right. another responsibility right, right. that comes with more uh, more tasks I guess mm-hmm. and uh, you have to show up on time and you right. you have to be respectful and you have mm-hmm. to follow the rules of wherever your job it has right, right and right. Um, so that's what did you learn from from your first having a job? Mm-hmm what 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 were what was the biggest lessons from from working at a young age
1: well cuz i was also going to school too so i was right. balancing school then playing football and mm. so i would i would work on weekends and i would school and football would be during the week so it was definitely learning the balance of it all cuz i just never i worked saturday and sunday from like i would sometimes work like double shifts it just depended if you know because i was when you're that young you have so much energy i mean us at our age you know we're you know we're we're
0: We're more selective with our energy right
1: (laughs) so when you're that young like yeah you can balance it all so but it was more of it was more of the balance of everything and then once when i graduated obviously there was no school and and i there's one thing that I do regret, which is not really like looking into college because I never went to college. It was just more so like I just wanted to work and, you know, because I was still saving for a car and um, it was just more focused. It was more focused on work at the the time. At the
0: time. Mm -hmm. So when, uh, where in your life are you where you get the news that you're going to be a father?
1: Yeah, so, um, so the... The one where I was in the relationship when I met in school, um, you know, so we dated a couple of years, but then we kind of went our separate ways. Um, And then like about a a year later, um, I had met somebody, you know, we, uh, we had met and fast forward about like a a half a year later, you know, find out that she's, that we're having, that we're having a baby. And I'm, at the time I was 22 because she was, she was born in, in August of 2010 so I was 22, so still fairly young, you know, okay. still fairly young. So at that time, I, I just I remember I remember very specifically, you know, when, when my kid's mom came to my house and we sat in her car and she broke the news. I literally got out the car and I like literally ran down the street because I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And, you know, I...
0: Unexpected.
1: Unexpected, still at the time with the minimum wage job, only paying like $7 an hour, so I just didn't know what I was going to do at the time, you know, but when you're young and when you're doing stuff like that, you have to know of the consequences that could happen. And so I think that was kind of more of the eye opener, like, okay, mm. you know, but then you start to, then I started to think about like my past when I was younger and I was like, I, I know that's definitely going to take a toll as far as like me being a father, but I didn't want to think so much into that because I, I, we needed to get through the pregnancy first. We needed to get through the nine months and everything. And, once when the baby's here and obviously even when the baby does come, she's gonna be a baby. So we'll still have plenty of time before she, you know, starts getting in the real world for me to to worry about that. But it was definitely something I needed to start thinking
0: about. Okay. So yeah, that was after after high school. Mm-hmm. So in, in high school, your your experience that you had as your traumatic experience with mm-hmm. getting abused, mm-hmm. how did that affect you in high school? Or did it?
1: Honestly, Mara, it, it really didn't, just because at that time I was really I really had so much of to distract me from that with sports and when you're in high school and you just got so much going on you know you have like a a they had what they call a days and b days so you just have so much going on and um and then I was also working so there was just a lot to distract me okay I I didn't I mean there was a a part of my life where I just really didn't uh, I just didn't really have time to think about it
0: okay well that's that's good i'm right. I'm glad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's actually right. that's that's a good thing so when did so when did i' I'll, I'll I'll ask that question after i think uh after you graduate from high school mm-hmm. what's what are your goals what's your plan once you know you graduate mm-hmm. you did it you thought maybe at some point you weren't mm-hmm. um or I don't know if you thought about it, but you were at the verge of not graduating right, right? right. so you graduate yes what's 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 in your head after
1: um really the plan at the time was just I just needed to work just to Mm. get well man at the office at the time I just wanted to have money but then shortly after I knew I was gonna become a father so I I knew that in my mind I'm like I didn't really get a chance to experience you know having fun or whatnot but hey nothing's more better than a blessing of having a a kid so It was really more just work, and, and I knew I was like, okay, I, I need to get a second job. So I just felt like the responsibility of, of getting a second job. So it was just more about, that was just my plan. It was just working, trying to provide for my family and just being the best father that I could. That was really the plan. But as far as like a plan or like a goal, I didn't really have that. I, I didn't, and I that's one thing I do regret, And but it's, it's something that I have now. But back then, I, I didn't have that.
0: Yeah, because you, you graduate, do, are you 18 when you graduate? Mm-hmm. And then you're about 21 when you're going to become a father? Uh, 22. 20, 22, 22. Mm-hmm. 22, so that is, uh, what, four years? Mm-hmm. So uh, when, when you graduate, you really have no goals other than what you know, which is get to work.
1: Right, right. Just working, save up for a car, and just try to do what you can like when you're so young just to kind of just live life. because I was still living with my parents and at the time I was like I, I want to get my own place mm-hmm. and that that yeah. was like my that was like you know th- the goal to have like get my own car get my own place
0: yeah you know, so. well the, those th- yeah th- those are good goals I, mm-hmm. I suppose that when when you don't I guess when you don't have any any thoughts other than or other goals, that I would say that's probably the, right. the goals, right? Be right, independent, right. Mm-hmm. figure out my way out through life. So, so, where do you meet your your the the mother of your daughter? Daughters. Um,
1: we we worked together at a movie theater, mm-hmm. um, set on Mark Seventeen, off of Webb Chapel in in Dallas. So we we met over there, and uh we 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 dated for a couple of months but then we kind of stopped talking and then we one of my brother played football one of his best friends was the sister of her best friend so we went to a game and then i saw her and then we just kind of just reconnected at the time and it just went from there
0: <laughs> yeah okay so you you run out you you start panicking when you get the news you're going to be a dad mm-hmm. what do you do next
1: I didn't want to tell anybody of my family just yet just because I just didn't know because again like I, I didn't have like a plan just just working you know and I was I had one job that paid a minimum wage so I just remember my mom at the time like I would help her out like with stuff around the house and so once when I finally did tell like my family you know from what turned out to be panicking as things started to calm down the people started to get more excited included myself. And then, you know, when we first had the sonogram, first heard the sonogram so I can hear my, my baby's heartbeat. And then that's when reality mm-hmm. started to kick in and the excitement mm-hmm. really went from, went to a hundred. So at that point I was like, okay, I, I, I want to have like a second job so I can have, you know, more money coming in. My mom would always remind me having a kid is not cheap. <laughs> so that was, uh that was like my drive at the time, just trying to make money at the time.
0: Yeah, so do you move in with her or mm-hmm. do you- Yeah,
1: we um we we stayed with we stayed with her and and, and her mom and her dad, so we kind of had like our like our own room and so we lived there for I I want to say about like 4 years and then in 2013 then we ended up having our our second child. Um and then we eventually ended up getting like our own place and you know by this time my my youngest daughter, she was like three. and My oldest daughter was like five because they're three years apart. So that was like, what, twenty twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen, twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, 2016, 2015, 2014, 2015. And then, you know, we just felt like it was best to kind of go our separate ways, just through problems that we were having.
0: Did you, how, how did, did you know you, before, obviously you, you decided to part ways, mm-hmm. um, did you know, did you think that was going to be your forever, like? At the time when you guys were—I mean, at the
1: time, at the time, at the time, yeah. Um, just because, like, when you have, like, when you have the kids with them, you're like, okay, well, this is, you know, the mother of my child. You know, like, I'm gonna we're gonna be together you know, forever. But you know, I, I can honestly say that you know, I I mean, I I did stupid things, you know, in our relationship that that caused us to kind of go our separate ways. So I could sit here and take ownership of that. And um, I, I just you could just tell that she just wasn't happy and which led into just more fights and more fights. And we just felt like it was as best for our children, you know, to just for us to go like our separate ways. Mm
0: hmm. OK. What how how did you at the time, mm-hmm. how did you handle conflict?
1: It was tough because I, I, I could tell that I, I could. You could just tell that it just wasn't going anywhere. You could just tell it just wasn't going to last. But for me, I couldn't imagine life without my children. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, tuck, not tucking them in the bed in, at night. I just, I I mean, that was only the reason why, like, you know, I continued, like, while we continued to stay, I just couldn't imagine life without my children. So how do we handle conflict? It was just, it wasn't more of handling anything. We, we just fought all
0: the time. You didn't really know how to know how handle.
1: To, we didn't really know how to. And then I I think once when your daughters start to cover their ears because of screaming and fighting, that's when you know it's not about us anymore. It's about the kids, and Mm. we just have to make the best decision for our kids.
0: Was there any any role models that you looked up to at the time, or 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 did you have a role model for, uh, you know, for to have a a family or or, um basically to to handle I guess a relationship or be or how be in a relationship did you have
1: at the time no at just, the time at the time no because my like my dad was kind of he, he was me and my dad we didn't really, I mean there was like a good few years to where we didn't talk not that anything happened between us it was just I was just doing my own thing raising my own family and I didn't realize how much I kind of distant myself from my own family, just trying to raise my own family. And obviously, we would meet up here and there for like family functions and stuff, but I just didn't—I didn't really have that guidance at the time.
0: Yeah. Okay. And who decides
1: mm-hmm.
0: where? How how did the conversation go when when you decide to? It's best to split ways.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it was both of us, just because both. Okay. Yeah, it, it was both of us. Um. For for her, I I knew that she, I mean you, for her, I, I just knew that you, you could just you could feel it, you know, like kind of in the room, just like you know, just the she just wasn't happy anymore. So, and and again, I knew that I I contributed to that. So I just thought we thought it was just better. At that point, it wasn't about us anymore. Mm-hmm. It was just more about our children. And I, I knew, and I remember telling her that I you you deserve happiness, and I want you, and I want you to be happy. I mean, at the end of the day, like we can hate each other all we want like I you're still the mother of my kids and I want you to be happy and, and now she's married and you know, she's happily married and my kids have a great stepdad and so um, I'm happy for her
0: yeah so at the at the time where where where, where, where do you go next
1: um at the time I, I ended up staying with my mom for about a couple of months and then I ended up getting my my own place and at that time that's when that's when really I started, you know, kind of going through like things as far as like adversity, just because I'm living by myself and I was kind of going through things to where like, I just didn't really, when you go from a relationship to where you have like double income and then, you know, she took care of all the finances and everything. I didn't really like kind of have that experience, you know, of what she did. So I kind of had to learn everything. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of tough because at that time I, I had lost my job and I just moved into this place. I I, I was like, I'm freaking out. Like, how am I going to pay my rent and everything? And I went through a really tough time. By this time, this is kind of like ending of 2017, going into 2018. And uh, no job, didn't really have friends to talk to. Uh, My family kind of was doing their own thing. So I I really didn't know what I was going to do. And I I will never forget, as I'm kind of going through this and just not knowing what I was going to do, and I'm freaking out and I'm panicking and I'm just, Having all these negative thoughts in my head, literally about to give up on myself, and I will never forget my my oldest daughter at the time. She's at the time she's seven. She calls me one day, and she obviously she hears her mom talk and hearing that you know like I'm not working, and everything I'm stressed out, and she was like, "Dad, I hear that you you don't have money. Do you not have money right now? Like, are you eating? Do you have money to eat? Do you have you know just being a kid." And I was like, well, don't, don't worry about me, mama. Your, your dad's going to be okay. And she's like, well, let me call you back. I'm going to call you right back. And I was like, no, I want you to talk to me. Don't hang up. She goes, well, I'm, I'm going to go see if I can find some money for you so you can eat. And let me tell you something. When she told me that, I literally, and I've told this story to plenty of people before. I hung up the phone, literally went into my bathroom mirror, and I looked at myself, started crying. And I literally told myself, dude, you need to man up. You need to like stop feeling sorry for yourself. This is life. And the adversity that you talked about, this is now the adversity that you're going through to where you you don't have that relationship anymore. This, your kids need you. If your kid is over here calling telling you that. Um, so that's when I started to, you know, looking for jobs and everything. And I started, just, uh, at the time, I started driving for like Lyft, which is something I was doing just to kind of get some income coming through. And then... When you start focusing on yourself and when you stop, when you block out negativity and everything and just block out stuff that you can't control, then the dominoes will start to fall. And Then I ended up getting a job and was able to get everything on track. And I'm still at that job in there for five and a half years now. And uh, everything started to to work out. And so I would be able to look back on that and to be able to, to say I got through that. It's something I can use as far as like adversity, you know, for to help my children. You know, cause it was, it, it was very tough cause it was, it was, I was just going through like a lot of personal stuff at the time.
0: So I, I listened to some of your videos mm-hmm. and you mentioned, uh, you've been, you, you've had anxiety. Mm-hmm. Did you experience anxiety at the time?
1: At the time? Yes. Just because I was when, cause I over. Overheard... Like, or,
0: or how, since when do you remember experiencing, uh, anxiety mm-hmm. and, and what did that look like for you?
1: Anxiety. Um, at the time, because I was I was over racking my brain as far as trying to figure out every solution. What am I, like finding a job and then being a father to my children and just everything else that was I was getting behind on my car payment. I think my my electric bill had got turned off. There was just so much things that I was going through, and it was overwhelming. And I I didn't know what I was going to do. So at one point I even considered suicide I was just going through I was just wasn't really thinking clearly and I would come home from trying to find jobs to like eviction notices on my door and so obviously that's giving me more anxiety because I'm like I I don't know what I'm going to do here my credit's probably going to get all screwed up if I get evicted from here and so I knew and I didn't really have guidance at the time and I just kind of just took it one day at a time that's really all you could do and I would pray about it just take it one day at a time and I never I never check my personal email. I don't know why I have an email, but I never check it. Even if you check it right now, I got like maybe like million unread emails. But for some reason, on a specific day, I checked it, and it was a job uh, interview or a job fair at a Sheraton Hotel in Dallas, and I went, and sure enough, it was a job that I got right on the spot right then and there. So talk about, you know, God to work in mysterious ways. You know, I was meant to check my email that day. So, yeah, I mean, just...
0: And so when you're in your room with all these things just compounding Mm -hmm. on you, all these Mm -hmm. big things, Mm -hmm. right, that are life changing, such as your credit score, you know, you're you're aware that's going to affect you. Mm -hmm. And you open the door, you go in. How how do you what do you do? How do you handle it? Like, what are you doing at the time?
1: At the time? I think it's very important when you're going through overwhelming stuff like that that can cause you severe anxiety. It's very important to to calm yourself, just to calm down, just because your mind's going in mm-hmm. so many different ways. I, in the video that I made recently it was a motivational video. I, I talked about when overthinking,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I compared it to to quicksand. So if you're standing in quicksand. If you're struggling, you only sink deeper. As far as if you stand still, you know, it. you kind of like level out and maybe there's things that you can grab on to kind of pull will yourself out. It's the same thing when you're overthinking, your mind's going in so many different ways. And so you're only causing yourself more anxiety. And that's why I always tell people it's very important to surround yourself with people that like a support system. Because you need, if you're going through something right now, like if you're overwhelming yourself, like... You know, you're trying to balance, like, your your marriage. You're trying to balance your podcast. You're trying to balance being a parent. So much going on. And I could sit here and I was like, Myra, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Stay positive. Think about all the good things that you have. Think about your health. Think. Start with that. Think about the things that you are blessed for. Take a deep breath. What is, what is the one thing that you can control, like, right now? Because all the other stuff, you can't control that. I couldn't control that I was getting eviction notices. I couldn't control that I was, you know not having a job at the time. Mind you, this is end of 2017 going to 2018. I, I couldn't control any of that. But once when I started to take it step by step, okay, you can control this. Okay, now that you got that under control, move on to the next thing. Okay, control that. So when you start focusing on the little things that you can control, everything else will start to flow. It's 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 inevitable. Like, that's just how the way life works. But if you if you're distracted by the wrong things, then... Everything will just go downhill for you. So I was overthinking so much. But when you just calm yourself and just remind yourself, okay, these are the things that you can't control. And these are things I actually relate to now to people, and I try to help them out with that.
0: So at the time, you know you have to calm down mm-hmm. your, your head. At the time, how, right. how, did you, how did you learn that, or where did you get that from, or how did that wisdom get into you where you knew you had to calm down?
1: Um. And you know, I think I still have it too, because I kept it with me. So at the time, I obviously I'm staying in contact with my apartment manager. Like, hey, like I remember her name, her name's Maria. I was like, hey Maria, look, I'm I'm sorry. Like I know I'm going on like a, another week of being late. I'm 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 trying here. Like I'm I'm just I'm I'm trying. Just please don't evict me, please. And obviously being the sweet lady that she was, she's like, I remember her telling me, like, Chris, I'm I'm trying to help you out, but there's only so much I can do before I get in trouble. And so I remember going out one day looking for jobs and I, and I come home one day and obviously her having to do her job, they have to leave those notices on your door. But then right next to one of the notice, there was a, a sticky note and she wrote on there, Hey Chris, everything's going to be okay. She wrote that and she left it on there and um, she wrote it on a green sticky note. And I remember when I saw that, I was like, okay, this is, this is God's way of telling me everything's going to be okay. Just, just trust the process. Just have patience, have faith. Focus on the little things. Everything's going to be okay. And I remember I kept that sticky note on and I ended up living there for like f- four more years after that. And I, I never took that sticky note off. And so, so that way it reminds me every day that everything's going to be okay. So those were things that I kind of, you, you have to remind yourself, whether if it's a sticky note or putting it on your wallpaper, on your phone and just remind yourself, especially when you have a lot going on in your life, you balancing parenting balancing your business or whatever it is it's very important to um it's very important just to kind of take a deep breath and just kind of realize and also apply that to people who work a lot and i'm very very big on if you're working hard all the time it's it's okay to take a day off it's okay to take a day off like if you if you work a Monday through Friday job, take a day off on a Friday before the weekend, or take it off on a Monday after the weekend, so you get that through. It's a, it's okay to take time for yourself. You it's a reset for your brain. It's a reset for your mental. It's a reset for just to kind of get your mind on track. Because if you're just on the go, 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 which there's nothing wrong with that, especially if you have goals and if if you're driven, like oh nothing's gonna stop me. It, it, I get that and that's okay, but you need to. You need to have like a moment like a day to yourself just to to reset into focus. go get your nails done go go to a movie by yourself. just take care of yourself, have a time to yourself. I'm very big on that, and people who know me very well know that I, I amplify that a lot
0: so at the time when when you're going through all these moments, what's your what's you get this this sticky note that brings almost like hope mm-hmm. um you you go into your room other than that what's what's your outlet to Kind that, like you mentioned, the the, the quicksand, mm-hmm. and if you stay still and just kind of start pulling from those things, like what was, what was those things that 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 you were pulling yourself up from? Was it prayer? Was it like you know what I mean? Before you actually now land mm-hmm. a job that helps you get back up on your feet?
1: Well, you said it. the The first thing you said, uh, definitely a prayer, definitely a prayer, because I prayed about it mm-hmm. and. I remember one day um, I had my kids for like a couple of hours because I just wanted to be around them. I took them home. As I'm driving back, I'm literally telling myself, driving in silence, everything's going to be okay. I don't know how it's going to be okay, but everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be good. I just, I know it. I can feel it. Everything's going to be okay. With a lot of prayer and just with the sticky note and everything, like just with the hope. And then the very next day, Mm. checking the email. And so I go and then I get the job right on the spot and- I was able to buy just a little bit more because I was, when you get a job, it takes a while to kind of get that big first check-in. So it was literally like a, like a a struggle of a grind at that time. So it was definitely a prayer and it was definitely just reminding myself that everything's going to be okay. You can't, you you can't give up on yourself. I know when things are hard, whether if it's like losing a loved one or if you're just going through finances or if you're going through separation, times are going to, it's going to be hard and take all the time we need to process it. It's okay but at some point, like you need to stay strong for yourself, if not for yourself, for your kids or for, you know, whoever, you know, who loves you in life. So you, you have to be calm, but definitely a prayer for me, prayer helps. And I'm very big on, on prayer. Like I, you know, I have so many tattoos of crosses and on my body. And I just have quotes from like the Bible, like patience and faith that I have tattooed on me, because these are things that that I went through and just trust the process. Like there's always a way there's always a way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And do you have any role model or any, any anyone you look up to at the time Mm -hmm. at at the time, right? Is there any people you you look up to and you're looking at, or maybe even reaching out for advice um, at the time?
1: At the time. No, at the time. No. And it's funny because as I mentioned, me and my dad we we just we didn't talk for years, and again it it wasn't that nothing happened to us. it was just that we just i guess we were just doing our own separate thing um now he's my role model now he's my role model, and we'll we'll get into that in a second, but at the time, no, I didn't really have anything just because I was just trying I was more focused on trying just getting my own stuff together, and I just wasn't utilizing my resources mm. It's funny because when i t- when I told my dad the story now because again this was what 2017 going into 2018 this all started in November of 2017 going into 2018 when I tell him the story now he says why did not you call me I could have loaned you the money for for all that you needed because I was like what almost like $1,300 behind in debt at the time I could have loaned you the money and I just didn't think to call you we just didn't really talk you know so
0: why why do you think you didn't reach out to 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 him or or the or utilizing your resources and just kind of kept it almost to yourself. You know, it sounds like at the time.
1: At the time, you know, honestly, it's kind of a tough question to ask cuz t- I think honestly I I was kind of really reserved. I didn't really talk to anybody about my problems mm-hmm. and my brother and my sister can tell you that I was kind of very quiet they would say that, yeah, Chris never really talked to the family as much. And not that there was animosity or anything like that. It was just, I was just, I don't know. I guess I was just on my own island, just mm. doing my own, just doing me not realizing how much I needed my family. Mm. So that's it, de-
0: and, and it never crossed your mind. It never crossed
1: my mind. It never crossed my mind. And even going into 2018, you know, I was kind of, everything, 2018 was good. Like everything was back on track. Like I was I was good. You know, I was happy for the first time in a very long time. And, you know, I'm, you know, just getting back to like dating again. And I'm just, you know, just living my life and everything, everything's great. Um, And then I started to find my family again, you know, Mm. with
0: my mom and everything. and. It's interesting how your life starts turning around. Mm -hmm. And now you, you, you think about like the, it sounds like you were in survival mode mm-hmm. like you didn't have time really to think about you didn't even see the tools in front of you right. because you were so consumed right. in in surviving mm-hmm. and maybe at the time your daughters right, right. and uh, I'm sure the breakup even though it was mutual it wasn't easy right. I mean you have to for one I mean you're with this person and now you're not. Mm-hmm. And then your daughter's on top of that. And right. now you're not sleeping with them.
2: Right, right.
0: And, you know, on top of all these issues or all these life problems compounding, such as, you know, job and such, mm-hmm. making making ends meet and paying your bills. And then everything turns around and now, now you have time to breathe and reconnect. Right. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so you reach back out, and, and you're reconnecting, and things are going good, mm-hmm. and where is your next uh, life bump? What um, happens after?
1: Next life bump would be, um, I would definitely have to say, let's see, it was 2018. Um, It would definitely have to say, like, twenty twenty nineteen. You know, I was definitely kind of going through, it's funny, though, because I I kind of, <laughs>
0: or let me take a step back mm-hmm. you're everything's turning around every life is it's you're you're breathing you're dating mm-hmm. um do, do do you make goals do you have new goals now that maybe every, you're maybe you're inspired
1: even then my like i didn't and that's the thing i i didn't really have like a a goal in mind and that's i mm. i really didn't have like a goal in mind it was still okay. more of just just work, work. When I think about it now, like I, I felt, I was like, man, I, I felt like a, I felt like a bum just because I was like, how is it that I'm like what at the time I'm like what thirty three, thirty four, and I don't have a plan in life. I'm just.
0: But nobody taught you this, right? It right. sounds like I mean, it it didn't. Or or did somebody tell you, hey, do this? It sounds like you just didn't know to have a plan.
2: Right.
1: my, My dad and my mom would always just tell me, you know, like, do what you, like, do what makes you happy. But I just, I never really put thought into it. It was just more on, I was just more like an autopilot, just same thing, different day, like just work, work, work. And, you know, I'm just working and it just, I just didn't really have a plan. I didn't know what I wanted in life.
0: Okay. So where did that take you?
1: Um so twenty nineteen you know i'm still kinda i'm st- still just kinda living my life, and you know um
0: you mentioned you started dating
1: yeah you know i'm 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 you know i'm I'm dating again, and you know i'm it's everything's going good uh december i'm sorry november of twenty nineteen my my grandmother, who was the second person I was close to other than my mom she ended up passing away mm. due to a kidney failure, so that was that really took a toll on the family. Uh, it definitely took a toll on my mom and on my uncle just because my grandfather had passed away back in 96. So she was already sick. So we were already, she was in a nursing home and it was already hard to see her the way that she was. Like she was, she was dying, but we just had confidence that she was going to be okay. Because when we would go see her, she was always so uplift and always smiling and always laughing and everything. So when we had got that call that she had passed away it was very difficult, especially for my mom, just because my mom took it really, really hard. And I, I was worried just because I, I didn't know, I, I didn't know if she was going to be okay. Um, but at the time she was, she was dating someone. So I, I kind of just left it, you know, to him to take care of her. And, and so that kind of took a toll on me. And uh, so at that time, then I, I, cause I was like really, really fit at the time. Like I was, you know, I mentioned that, you know, I'm happy and everything everything's going good and you know like I'm you know, fit working out and everything and then I started gaining weight and I started gaining it really fast I think a lot of it had to do with happy weight just because of you know the relationship that I was in and then my then my uncle gets diagnosed with kidney failure and so we realized that it's it's hereditary in the family uh, well like, diabetes is hereditary in the family and that's what caused it mm. so when we found out in the summer of 2020 that he had kidney failure, then that's when it really started to 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 really kind of take a toll. Because other than my mom, my grandmother, and then my uncle was like the third person that I was closest to. So his illness started to really deteriorate like throughout the year. So going, he was in stage two kidney failure. By beginning of 2021, I want to say he was in stage three or stage four. So at this time, he's needing to start dialysis. So it was then told to us that if he doesn't get a kidney, then he's going to need, he, he's not going to make it. So at the time I'm severe, I'm talking about, I was I was literally at 216, 216 pounds that by 2021, because I weighed myself, I weighed myself February 1st of 2021, I'm at 267. So I'm like huge. So I wanted to, Take
0: 2021.
1: Mm-hmm. So I gained a significant amount of weight. So it was definitely due to happy weight just because when you get in a relationship, you're happy and then just a mixture of just not eating out all the time. I just wasn't really taking care of myself, but I told myself I, I want to be the one to save my uncle's life. I want to donate my kidney and I'm going to do this. Mm. So I knew I, so I started going to doctor's visits and they told me, okay, well, in order for you to do this, you need, there's a weight requirement. You have to be, 220 or under so i'm 267 and i need to be at 220 i have a long way to go so i have a long way to go he loses weight but my uncle doesn't really have that time he's he's getting sicker and each time that we saw him he looked skinnier he he just looked worse and it was it was like a ticking time bomb we just didn't know if he was going to make it so i start to lose the weight and I'm starting to kind of do things to, to, you know, trying to like get on a diet and everything. And, you know, meanwhile, like I'm, I'm still trying to, you know, manage, you know, like my like relationship and everything and being there for my kids. But it was, it was very difficult because I've never had to lose weight before. I've always been like fit my whole life. And so I never had to lose weight. So I didn't really know how to do it other than, okay, just cardio, you know, just trying to eat well. So it was a challenge. The problem is that I wasn't losing it like fast enough. I just didn't know what I was doing wrong. So amongst all of that, you know, I'm doing all the doctor's appointments, blood work. There's so much blood work that had to be done. So much like urine tests that had to be done. And so fast forward going into 2022, January 5th, which was my birthday. So all the lab work comes back and I ended up becoming a match for my uncle. So now it's, Okay, so now he, he has a match. I I so now we, we have a kidney that we can give to him. I remember my my aunt, which is my uncle's wife, had told me that before all this, he was on a donors list. And the doctors were very honest with them, like you have a better chance of winning the lottery than getting a kidney, you know. So it was one of those things to where my uncle he kinda just accepted that he just wasn't gonna make it. And every time when I heard that, and every time when I see how sick he was, and every time when i would call him to check on him and I would just hear how bad he sounded. It only made me want to work harder. And when I found out it was a match, th- then but I was still, at that point, I was at 245 pounds. So I was, I was making progress, but I still had a long way to go. But by this time, he's already in stage five. So now he's in stage five now. Mm. So now he went from having to do dialysis, like I, I want to say it was like once a week. So then he ended up having to do it every other day. where now he's having to do it every day without the dialysis, he's not going to make it. So he's still sick, and I still have a long way to go. So then I was thinking, well, what can I do next? Like, I, I need to do this faster. Mind you, all of this was making me so crazy up here because I have my family, you know, not that they were intentionally doing this, but obviously with me being a match, like, okay, you're, you're the hope. You're, you're the hope that we have. So they would be like, okay, so how how much weight have you lost? How much weight have you lost? Okay, well, I'm 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 working on it. Let me uh let, let me just I'll, I'll call, we're taking it day by day. Just you know, so that's that. And then trying to lose the weight, and I'm getting irritated because I'm not seeing results fast enough. And then just balancing work and just balancing my family at the time, it was very very over overwhelming for me. And I realized that it was causing me to to be, you know. The, the The biggest asshole you know to to people and to 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 my family. And you know I started to I started intermediate fasting to help and that actually was we could actually see progress little by little. The problem is with fasting is that that only added more to me not being the best people, best person to people because when you're fasting you're you're not eating. And I was, it's more of a mental thing because you're hungry, but then you realize, okay, well, you can't eat because you need to lose weight because you need to save someone's life. Mm. So then February in 2022, I have a doctor's appointment and this was kind of more of the checkup to see like, okay, if my body is going to be able to handle the surgery, because there's, when you're donating, it's not like you're changing out parts to a car. This is a human organ that you're about to take out. So you need to make sure that your body's okay to do this. So... Lab results come back that I'm pre-diabetic because, again, diabetes run, is hereditary in my family. So my mom was diabetic, so she couldn't do it. Uh, my sister was pre-diabetic, my brother. So it was hereditary in my family. The problem was that I was the one that was donating. So they did tell me that if I do this, if I donate my kidney, because you have two, if you donate that one, and if you end up getting a kidney failure, you're, you're screwed because you just have that one. My uncle... The only thing that's really saving him is, is that one that's, you know, both of them are bad, but one of them is worse than the other. That's the really only thing that's kind of saving him right now. But with me only having one, it's a huge risk. So when they told me that, I was like, okay. So then that was an, mm. that was another decision that I needed to make as far as like, okay, do I want to do this? Because if I do this, then probably, you know, my, my, my the person I was with was probably gonna have to take care of me for the rest of my life. And do I want that? Do I want her to live that life? Do I want my children to have to see me like this? It was, so it added more stress to me. So now I know that there's a risk for me in the future. So then that just adds a whole nother type of stress to me. Meanwhile, how how much weight have we lost? How much weight have we lost? So I'm just, I'm going every day. And it was, it was so mentally exhausting and physically exhausting And I I could feel myself just being the most impatient person. I could feel myself, because I was down, putting other people down. I wanted to bring them down with me. I could feel myself just being, you know, an an asshole to my kids, to, you know, my family. If I wasn't happy, I didn't want them to be happy. Mm. Because it really took the biggest, biggest toll on me. And, you know, there's no excuse. It's not an excuse. I don't, I don't want to sit here and say that's an excuse, but it, it took the biggest toll on me. And so um, fast forward, you know, then, you know, there's another separ- separation. And which that one was a little bit more difficult just because it was it was a bigger family that I had that was involved. And so this one, this one was a little bit harder. By this time, I'm juggling so much. I'm going through a separation yet still trying to save my uncle's life. You can only imagine the the chaos in my mind in my body. I I didn't I couldn't sleep for for months because while I'm trying to process what I just lost to okay, I still have to save my I still have to save my uncle's life. I'm still the hope here. Like I I you can only imagine how much that put on me. So, um by this time, we're September of 2022, and this is where the diversity comes in, and this is where the the whole overthinking and everything comes into play, because all of this was all on the table. I knew that I had to do something. You can either be hidden in the dark again, just like how I was 2017, and then my daughter calls me and makes that call to me that it inspires me. Mm-hmm. So now you're back to that, but now... This is a whole nother chip on your shoulder. This is a whole different ball game. Now you realize that you just affected a lot of people that you loved. You hurt a lot of people that you loved because of how the way you were. And again, because I wasn't happy, I wanted to bring them down with me. And it was, I just, I, I wasn't my best self. And because of that, trying to please other people, put other people's happiness before mine. And I neglected my family. I neglected what I had at hand. So what could I do? I literally told myself, okay, here we are yet again. Everything's going to be okay, Chris. But it felt different, Myra. This one felt different because here I am, 35, so literally last year. I still didn't have a goal of what I wanted in life. I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I realized that I spent pretty much the last few years of my life pleasing other people and not thinking about myself, mm-hmm. focusing on what I couldn't now save my uncle's life. That was obviously I, I would do that for anybody. I would do that for anybody. But at the time, the family that I had, it was I was neglecting them in a way that you can't even imagine, and it was I, I was bringing them down with me.
0: And the family that you were neglecting, who who are these people?
1: Um, it was, uh, my, my fiance and, you know, two stepdaughters. And so it was a family, you know, that I met. Your fiance and and your
0: two, and your Mm -hmm. two stepdaughters. Stepdaughters. How about your two daughters? Uh, And then my
1: two daughters. So it was two stepdaughters, two, two daughters. So, uh, kids of four, pretty much four daughters.
0: So you were, you were neglecting them basically. And, Mm -hmm. um, and when you say, you were wanting to bring other people down are these the people that you were trying to bring down or other or
1: other people It was my family I just wasn't the best self I was just you know it was just so
2: much Like
0: w- did you what were you thinking at the time like when you say you wanted and and I and I say this because and i am I'm, I'm curious to know because mm-hmm. you know i think even on the video you a motivational video that that you posted you said you know if there's anybody that like uh well i probably won't say exactly how you said it but i it was something along the lines to if you need to get away from people that are hurting you mm-hmm. that it's okay to do that
2: mm-hmm.
0: so um it sounds like at the time maybe you were hurting the people around you
2: mm-hmm.
0: how uh, like what were you doing
1: yeah, if you the best way I can compare it is if you're an alcoholic and if you're someone who suffers with just drinking drinking a lot and then if you come home to a family you're affecting those who you love. If you're okay. if you're someone who's addicted to drugs whatever and if you have people who love you, you know you're you're affecting those who you love. So I mean it was it was just a, a mixture of just I I knew that I was not my the my best self. I knew that my you know, at the time, you know, my fiance, she would be there for me in, in ways that, you know, she could and
0: so it sounds like alcohol was involved.
1: No, alcohol was no? involved. It was okay. just, it was kind of more of just like an example. Um, but it's like I was more of focusing on other things that I really just couldn't control and of neglecting. Things? Things. So with with my uncle, you know, I was really I, w- I really put too much I really put too much into that. You know, I, I really neglected really what was at hand and I know that there were things that I could have done better as far as like certain situations as far as with my with with my family you know if they ever brought anything up to me I would just kind of neglect it you know I would just care more about my feelings and not theirs and just not being the best person you know and did
0: you feel like they they have they had to did you feel because, it, it, you know, you mentioned you wanted to kind of bring people down as mm-hmm. well. Did you feel like they should be going through those pains, like, with you? You wanted them to kind of do it, have those those pains with you together, I wouldn't, or
1: how so? I wouldn't say that I wanted them to have those same pains with me. It was just kind of more like, I, I need y'all to understand what I'm going through, so just deal with it. Y'all have to deal with it. Like, okay. just deal with it, like, whether you like it or not. And then it was... I, I know mentally for them it was not okay did and they try talking
0: okay. to you about it
1: yes i know my fiance did i know she she tried to um talk to me about it and she would try to tell me of how the way she felt about it how the way it would make her feel you know because like i said i was I, I not my best self i, I it, pretty much that was my whole thing just deal with it either you like it or you don't If you leave what you okay. leave if you don't like it And it was more like a like a so you like would a, say
0: that leave if you don't like it. Yeah. And it was yeah. just
1: kind of more of like, you know, and it's, it it just wasn't, it wasn't the right approach, you know, and I was just going through so much. It was just so overwhelming. And if there was any ways that I could, there were times where I really thought to myself, like, man, I wish I would have never done this just because it, it really took a toll. It really took a huge toll on, on, on my family. It took a huge toll on me mentally. It took a huge toll on me physically, emotionally. I've never been through anything like that. The amount of stress, the amount of emotional pressure. stress. It sounds pre- like there's a lot of pressure. It was definitely, definitely pressure because you got to think like now. I went from like okay, I I gotta. My uncle's dying. I gotta lose the weight. Then to finding out that you're pre-diabetic. So now it's a possibility that you may be this in the future. So there were so many things I had to think of. Like, you know, I could be in the same situation. You know, my I, my kids need me and i just i didn't care i, I didn't care I was like okay i gotta do this i don't i i gotta do this y'all, y'all deal with it i don't care and yeah it was um you know and you know like not not going into details but like it was just so much th- there was things that you know i said that i could have said handled better mm-hmm. things that i've done that i definitely could have handled better you know but when 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 someone is pretty much tapped out they're tapped out and you know they can't really do much anymore um, By the time I realized it And I tried to save it It was just too late But you can't really blame anybody Who's going through that So right. So then fast forward You know I'm trying to process Everything that just happened And Even then I was still trying to I, It seemed like I was trying to put blame On on other people Like well I was going through this Like you, you know you, you need to like understand Like what I was going through But then I realized Like you know what nobody's responsible. Like I'm, I'm, I make the choices and I'm responsible for my choices. I'm responsible for my mistakes. So I needed to figure out what I needed to do. Because again, I, I, if you think from what all I just lost to what all that I still have to do, it was, it was even then it was a lot because now I'm back to square one. It's just me, myself and I, and at the time like i, I knew my kids like I, I needed to be there for my kids and my kids were actually there, there for me more just because, like now they're older and you know they're they're helping me through this through this situation and you know i yeah. and then that's where me and my that's where me and my dad you know get close again and that's where my dad played a huge role into into where i am now because I needed a place to stay for a while, That's when I got my place again, and obviously he let me stay with him and 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 his girlfriend and and so I was I I put a lot of blame on myself for for everything. My dad, as I mentioned earlier, you know, a huge role model. My dad will be the first one to tell you that he's made a lot of mistakes in his life. He made a he could sit here on this camera and he can go on for days about mistakes that he made in his life, but how the way he overcame the adversity and how the way he owned up to everything and to see the man, the father that he is to his children and the advice that he was able to give me Mm -hmm. and as far as, you know, just taking accountability and things that you could do for your life and he allowed me, he gave me a place to stay at the time and didn't charge me for rent at all because he knew I needed to save for money to get a place and everything and he, 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 he really did help me and then once when I finally did get my own place, then that's where reality started to sink in. Okay, you know, now I'm back to square one. So what do I do? I was still, you know, going through just processing separation while also still trying to figure out if I even wanted to do this kidney thing anymore. Like I I didn't know if I wanted to do it anymore. Because I knew this is what kind of like caused everything. And I just wasn't my best self at all. So I get a call one day from one of the doctors and they're telling me that because there was something wrong. I can't remember the word. It was like a medical term, but they kept on saying because I had to go through so much time had went by from, from the last time I had did the, the blood work. So I had to do it over again. Um, So I had to do it over again, but they kept on telling me that something was wrong, like something just wasn't looking right. And I I wish I knew the answer to it, but they basically just told me that that I just wouldn't be able to donate just because of I wouldn't be able to donate because basically with the B, the pre-diab, with the pre-diabetes, it was something that they couldn't do on their end. Just allow me to move forward. But there, I can't remember. It was something along with one of the testing. So um, I wasn't able to do it, but I was already kind of leaning towards, you know, just not being able to, I just didn't know if I wanted to anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, So I felt like, okay, well that was like one less thing to, to, to To worry about right,
0: a, a choice that mm-hmm. you didn't really have to make. Right, right. Yeah.
1: So then, um, anymore. Right. So then, then came the part to where, like, okay, now I got to fix myself. Mm-hmm. I got now I have to fix myself. So then, this is where the work. This is where the real work starts. Okay. So again, I didn't really have anybody to talk to. My family's all over town my brother moved to san antonio um my aunt who lives in uh oregon she she's actually goes to school for psychology but i didn't i would talk to her about it a couple of times but you know she's going to school she's raising a family i didn't want to bother her about it my mom um at things got worse because then my mom got diagnosed with stage 2 breast cancer Mm. so that was literally a couple of months right after so other than checking up on her I I didn't really have anybody to talk to so I'm over here dealing with this by myself realizing those that have affected and how do I how do I fix this so I started from scratch I started journaling started writing down things about me that I've could have handled better mm. and took accountability and I worked on it worked on it and once when I
0: how did you work on it?
1: For starters, forgiveness. You got to forgive yourself before you can, you have to, before you even start putting the work on anything, step number one is forgive yourself. Because if you continue life with blaming yourself, you're not going to be able to move forward in life. You have to forgive yourself because God's going to forgive you regardless. doesn't matter what you've done. You have to forgive yourself. And it, it took me a lot to struggle with that, Myra, honestly, because just when I felt like I was getting better, I would revert to a situation where I was like, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Man, I wish I could have. And then I would just kind of just think back. And then I would just sit back down again, put my hands in my face and just like, oh, my gosh, Chris, what did you do? But I could do that all day if I'm, I need a, you have to forgive yourself and you have to understand that everything happens for a reason. So once when I was able to, to slowly but surely kind of master that, okay, then write down, write it down. I wrote down examples of things that I could have done better. Mm-hmm. I had to write down literally examples. Okay. These are things I definitely could have done better. These are definitely things I could have handled because, you know, I'm, I'm affecting, I affected a lot of people that I loved and, you know, um, once when I was able to do that, and then I was I started to see myself become slowly but surely better. So then I'm back in the gym, I'm back in the gym and, you know, now I'm like really losing the weight, and I'm below that 220 threshold now. I'm right now. I'm like at two 211 pounds. So, I, patience. I knew patience. Yeah, patience. And once when you block out, because I was there, I was still trying to focus on things that I couldn't control. I was trying to, you know, fix things. I was trying to mend things that I really couldn't control. And so once when I realized like, okay, this stuff's not helping me, you need, you need to stop, you need to accept everything for what it is and just move on in life. You got, you have to move forward. You can't, you can't think about what it is that you've done wrong. Like you have to, yes, think about it so that way it doesn't happen again, but acknowledge it and just move forward in your life. You can't control that if people gave up on you, you can't control if people don't want to talk to you anymore. You can't control you know, if people think that you're the worst person in the world, you can't do that. You can't control that because you know who you are. God knows who you are. And the people around you know who you are. So. um,
0: You mentioned journaling. Mm-hmm. Where, where did you get that idea from?
1: I actually got that idea from YouTube. I actually got that from YouTube. You know, I, I was YouTubing, researching how to deal with, with emotional stress because I was going through a lot. Like I didn't have a therapist. I couldn't afford it. I didn't have people to talk to to get through Mm -hmm. that. I didn't have that. Um, like I said, I had my my dad to talk to and I had family, but I I didn't want to bother them about this all the time because they have their own families that they're, you know, doing they have their own lives that they're doing. And that was another thing too, I realized about this, you can't really you can't really bother these people with it. This is something you gotta figure out on your own. So journaling was one thing I I I learned that you could do. And then, you know, a coworker at work just told me like, hey look, you know you, you could try journaling. Try journaling before you go out and like try to like you know vent to somebody that you know it's probably not a good idea to do because you know it's you know you don't want to like cause issues or cause drama or anything. Journaling actually really helped a lot because you know I would I would do like a journaling date like on this date and then uh, someone told me though not only to journal about the bad days but journal about the good days as well because that also helps you know you want to journal about your your good days so journaling also really did help and also being in the gym just having that mindset like just just focus on you because again and this goes back to when you focus on you and when you when you know who you are everything will start to fall into place the dominance will fall and I think that's when I think ultimately that's where where things started to kind of get better you know and it's uh but at the same time, I'm still now how to deal with my mom having cancer. And mind you, my mom, she's like my, she's my rock. She's, she's everything. And like I said, this goes back to when she used to carry me with one hand and, and groceries in the other hand. Mm-hmm. So while also still dealing with my uncle having kidney failure. So it was still battling that. And I, I couldn't really, I can't, I can't. I can't control their health. I could pray about it, call them, and just check on them. But I'm also still dealing with trying to fix myself as well.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, um, one of the things that I'm, or one of the things that I've learned throughout time mm-hmm. um, is that habits compound. So when you talk about domino effect, mm-hmm. it works both ways. Right. Right. So. And from me listening to your story, you know, you have and and life is about like hills and valleys, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. And, and and so basically it's when when things start taking a turn is when the moments you decided to mm-hmm. say, you know, like this is it, things are gonna happen, things are right. gonna be good, right? Mm-hmm. You decided that. And then you talk about the domino effect, which the way i see it it's like habits right. you start changing what you do every day you're right. not doing what you're doing what you did yesterday you you say i have to change this has to change and and then you start getting hope and things start falling into place right and then it sounds like you know things life happens and it's almost like you know uh it's almost like it works same way, right? The habits, the domino effect. One thing, one bad thing happens, and then more bad things start happening. But right. it's because of that mindset. It kind of like shatters mm-hmm. your foundation, right?
2: Right.
0: And you kind of go back to your old self, right? Because exactly that's the tool you that's, that's what you know. That's what your not only your mind is what your body knows. So you start doing things maybe you did before. And then, and then you, and, but now it sounds like you're, you're starting to realize, okay, I've been there before. Like you just right. said back to square one, back to square like one. back, like that back. It's like, okay, I, I know this, I've been here. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you start, okay. And you start researching, okay, how to, what to do what to do and and you start journaling right. and then you start doing you start journaling that's again you start changing those habits mm-hmm. right right mm-hmm. and then you're like okay well i have to i i have to figure this out you know at the end of the day that you have to figure it out and right. you start taking you know a, you, you know that you have to take ownership mm-hmm. and and responsibility and um so when you talk about that domino effect i can't think but Habits, mm-hmm. right? So right. good habits compound.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Bad habits compound. Right. right. And so you know we could only have so many. We can only think one thing at a time. We right. have many thoughts,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? And but that's because of time, right? Right. So we we have so many thoughts, but we can only think one thing at a time. Right. Right. So what it, it what is it that mm-hmm. you are gonna think, right? Mm-hmm. And then. It's all like a cycle, right? Because you think that, and then that might lead to another right. positive thought. And when you write things down, I am such a big fan of writing mm-hmm. stuff down. Right. Um, anything and everything, and uh, for, for multiple reasons, but one of the biggest thing is that you get to basically kind of dump what's in here mm-hmm. to allow more to come in. Right. And not only that, you also slow down your mind because mm-hmm. now you have to slow down to write right. or type whatever it is that you do. But at the end of the day, you are transferring this to here. Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
0: And as you're typing, you, your mind also starts thinking of other things right so if you're like okay well this is what i'm going through how do i okay let let me think of other good things or bad or 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 think about what happened and now how do i fix it right so then ideas start popping up but that's because you you can only think one thing at a time so when you're dumping it Mm -hmm. you're allowing new ideas Mm -hmm. and so uh, Mm -hmm. that that's that's what it sounds like and that's kind of what I'm getting out of it and it's hard when you don't know how to plan if you've never planned right
1: it's definitely hard if you don't know how to plan and especially if you don't if you didn't know what you want I want to say like during the journaling journaling really helped forgiveness giving yourself forgiving yourself really helped obviously prayer prayer is obviously the number one thing but also I knew I had to, I was like, what do you want? Chris, what do you want? Have, have we, did you even have a plan? I never even had a plan when I was in the relationship. I didn't have a plan. I didn't, I was just taking it day by day. Like, here, this is what I'm going to do, deal with it. And I, trust me, like I thought to myself, if there was a button I could push just to kind of read back and do everything I could, but there is no button. There is something that I can do is create something new. Yes. Which is a new version of myself. Yes. Which is create a new, a new journey. Yes. Now my mistakes don't define me, Myra. You're nope. you're nobody makes mistakes. everybody makes mistakes in life. Everybody at one point was a, a probably messed up person for, for for whatever reason. Um but if you can one day just say I'm I messed up. I'm I messed up. I've been on camera twice, with it being the second time to own up to things that I've messed up. And I share that with the world to let them know if you, if whatever it is that you've done in life, whether if it was, I don't know, like you sabotaged them or murdered somebody or whatever, like you have to, you you have to forgive yourself. You you can't continue to beat yourself down and you definitely cannot allow other people to continue to beat you down. If People keep on just reminding you of your failures or people keep on putting you down. It's not healthy for you. Like, you have to acknowledge it in your plan. So my plan was, okay, I want to, I've always wanted to be a YouTuber. I mentioned it. You, you talk about it, but you just don't, you don't ever take action. And that's, you know, one thing I always did. I talk about it, but I never do anything about it. For the first time in my life, I wanted to do it. I'm going to start my YouTube channel and I'm going to utilize my journey to help other people. So I help people with fitness you know I I do put it out there that I'm not a licensed coach or anything but I know a lot about fitness of how to now I know how to lose weight you know I know how to put on muscle whatever so I did a YouTube video about that but then I wanted to mix up my content with with speaking with helping people with you know you know just with with anxiety and just with helping people with 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 mental health and one thing for me is I I love I love helping people I love helping people who are dealing with stuff you know I I always try to get them to be positive always like i was explaining earlier count your blessings first it could be a lot worse where you could be at, you could be not having a job you could be not healthy whatever count your blessings first know that god will not put you through anything that you can't handle and you know in, in february i literally had four days back to back of bad things that happened to me four days in a row on the first day I had got, for whatever reason, it was my lecture bill was like $400. And I was like, what the heck? And obviously, being on the phone, fighting with them didn't help. So I had to drop $400 of money that I didn't have. And that kind of put me in a little struggle. Um, Day two, I ended up getting a ticket on the way to work due to speeding. Uh, Day three, in my apartments, we have like little residential stickers on our windshield for the apartments. And I didn't realize it was expired. So they ended up towing my car that night. And I ended up having to pay three hundred dollars to get it out that was on day three and then uh day four when um I was trying to go get the ticket dismissed because it was a dismissal ticket uh there was an error that was made and I ended up having to pay like another like two hundred dollars so I was basically four straight days where I was going and just having a bad day and I was like can anything get worse It, it was horrible but again those are things that God will put you through that so to see if you can get through it and I was able to get through And you know what I did my age of one of those single days? When the day was over, I would tell myself, what a day. And I would smile and I would pray. I was like, you know what? But it could be worse. I have my children. I have my job. And I still have, you know, I I, I still have, I still have hope in my life, you know? Yes. And,
0: well, you know, you mentioned uh, forgiving yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that that comes to my mind when I think about, Forgetting, you know, yourself or even anybody, right? Like I, I, I listened to this one example Mm -hmm. that made me, that gave me perspective, which Mm -hmm. is because I feel like all of us at some point, we beat ourselves up for something we did in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, which at the end of the day, that, that it's, it's, you either see it as a failure or you see it as a, Hey, I, I messed up because I didn't there was something in my blind spot that right. I didn't see. Exactly. So there was, there was, there's a learning, there's a lesson there to be learned mm-hmm. because if there was no lesson to be learned, I wouldn't have made that mistake. Right.
1: If you're not making mistakes and you're not learning. Pretty much.
0: So and well, that's I feel like that's the way we learn, right? right? Through the mistakes, because we're not born we're born with a powerful tool, which is our brain, mm-hmm. but it's like a computer, right? It's blank. Right. When you're born. So depending on what you feed it, mm-hmm. that's the machine you're building. Right. 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 So so if 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 you if you did something where you didn't get the outcome that you didn't want it's because you messed up right you just messed up right and it's not about having blame or or i'm not good or no it's just it just means it's okay everybody messes up but the the thing is why why did you mess up Mm -hmm. what was it that i did and how to okay okay now i know right that's what i did this is what i could have done better all right I'm not doing that again now, if you do that again mm-hmm. over and over and over now, okay, now we have a different problem
2: right exactly
0: right mm-hmm. but but if but if you take the lesson, but what I was getting to with forgiving yourself was if somebody commits a crime
2: mm-hmm.
0: and they go to jail mm-hmm. say they 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 serve their time, mm-hmm. would you think it's fair for some and and they get out mm-hmm. right they serve their time, they get out. Would you think it's fair that whenever whenever somebody had the thought, oh, but you did something, mm-hmm. oh, let me put you back in, jail just because I had that thought again. No, you've already served your time. Right. Right. Or same thing with a dog, right, so, or or anything, right? Say you have a pet and your mm-hmm. pet does something that they're not supposed to and you discipline them. Maybe you put them in the crate or mm-hmm. whatever it is that you do would you beat, or would you beat that dog again over and over every time you had that thought of what they did? No, you did it once Mm -hmm. and that's it, right? You've disciplined them once, even though that thought keeps coming back. So what we're doing to ourselves Mm -hmm. when we have these thoughts and we keep beating ourselves, calling ourselves names, maybe we're not good enough. Oh, look at, look at, you know whatever those intrusive negative thoughts that lead to nowhere right. they keep coming over and over again it's a it's a form of you really punishing yourself over and over right, again right. like you've are you you're you're already felt the pain
1: right right you bring up a, a really you make a really great point I, I love the analogy that you made like if someone created committed a crime and... you don't put
0: him back to jail just because you right. thought you thought right. about it again
1: yeah, and, and you know, I you know, you see those who are in jail, and then they they find God while they're in jail, and then they just come back a refurbished man, like a a, a reborn yeah, person. Reborn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it it would be very very cruel for you to keep beating them down and remind them of the mistakes that they made, because it's only gonna push them back mentally. And you know, that's that's happened to me as well. You know, I you know, I'll, I'll get. You know, well, this is what you did. You know, and I get reminded of that, and you know, it's not, it's not healthy for me mentally because I'm like, okay, I I know what I did. I've acknowledged it several times, but if you keep on bringing it, it only sets me back mentally. I need your help, to, to not that I need your help because I did it myself, but I need your help to not to not bring that back there. And, And I know, again, you know, if it's. You know, if it's conversation with those that that you've affected, obviously you can't expect them to forget that overnight. But, you know, tr- try to you not only do I need to forgive myself, but I mean, forgiveness should be given as well. I mean, it's totally up to that to them, but I don't think it's right to keep on beating them down, reminding them of, of their failures.
0: Well, it's not constructive. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So and 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 it, do, it helps when you have a plan mm-hmm. when you say this is what i'm going to do now right. this is where i'm going this is the past and like you said the past doesn't define you no but it it, it it's built you who you are today and right. it's and it's your job to say hey i'm going to take that experience right turn it around and help others right right because now you you if if your life went was different if you didn't go through the struggles you went through you may not be able to help other people in the same way because you didn't go through that so how are right. you going to help them
2: mm-hmm.
0: fully anyways right, right? right like now that you've gone through these experiences now you know so if somebody's going through that mm-hmm. or even what to what to post like how are you going to give advice say like you say you do your videos and you have no guest, right. like you wouldn't know what to say because you haven't been through that. Right. But because you have mm-hmm. you and and because you've worked through it and you're working through it and we're always, it doesn't matter how old you are.
2: Right. Every, right.
0: Like our brain, it, it you, as long as it can, taking information and education, you can continue educating right. it for as long as your brain no longer works. Right.
1: And you know, whenever, so like how to touch back on what you said, you know, if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. I'm very, I'm very, very big on that. Focusing on what you can control is also big for me. It's all about elevation. One thing that I realized with all this, Myra, to see where I was literally like 10 months ago to where I am now, I have elevated and I've manifested, I've done put in so much work to become the best version of myself and I tell myself I wake up every morning and I tell myself you know what I'm gonna be even better than I was yesterday every day we are a work in progress and I tell people that if you need to put that as a sticky note you know on your on, on your wallpaper or, or on whatever every day we are a work in progress each day is an opportunity for us to get better don't be satisfied with where you are because like you said if you keep on making the same mistake, then we have a different. We're having a different conversation here. For me to write down everything that I was doing wrong, and for those those that I affected, like that's that's huge to me. It's personal to me because I probably put these people in a situation to where well, they'll probably never trust again, you know. And that's very, for me, in my heart, that hurts because that's not the type of damage you want to do to anybody, and especially when it's those who you care about and especially when it's those who you love. And, you know, it's not, you don't ever want you don't, I don't ever want to be like that. Now, again, I, I was going through a lot of stuff. I was going through mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that there's cause and effect. You know, I do believe that with what I was going through really caused me to not be this best person. So, you know, and it's not an, I mean, it's, it's not an excuse because at the end of the day, like we all have control of, what we say and what we do but you know in the heat of the moment sometimes things are said but I think it's very important that you when you're going through these changes know what you want know what you want in your life forgive yourself do not allow people to constantly remind you of your failures do not because they you never know there may be people out there that see you doing good they see you leveling up they see you doing good like okay he's doing good like you know he's not that person anymore there may be you know what do we call haters that's what we call them they, they may be trying to pull you back in they may be trying to bring you back down they may be trying to distract you and you cannot allow that distra- that you can't allow that distraction to get you because it will set you off it will, it will set you back mentally
0: so it sounds like um it sounds like maybe you have people around you that remind you of what you've done
1: I mean there is you know there's people out there that will you know try to be like, you know like well hey this is what you did you know uh, you know how is it that you're Change and my response is that's those that 10 months ago you know I first off I'm I mean it's not like I'm a murderer it's not like I'm a cheater it's not like I'm a you know physical abuser nothing like that I, I made I made mistakes I've said things I've done things that I you have if you think for one second that I don't think that I could redo that all over again then you're you're crazy you don't know what goes on in here so, yes, when people do remind me of that, there are people who do who do remind me of that, and it's it how do you handle it? I mean or
0: how are you handling it?
1: I found myself giving it attention, like well, no, that's not me anymore, that's not me anymore, but then i I realize why am I doing that like why like I know I know who I am, and I know of the person that I was, and I know who the person that I am now. if these people don't care about me enough or love me enough to to see the change and to feel it and to, to, to just get to know me again, then, okay, you have the opportunity just to, to walk away, you know, and that's how I'm handling it now. Because again, I always, I I always cared of how the way I was, you know, people looked at me. I always cared about what people thought about me and I gave it attention. I would always try to, no, that's not me. That's what I used to be. And you know what? i I have a few close friends that tell me, don't worry about that. You know how the way you, you know who you are. My mom, who I talk to almost every day on on the way to work, because I always check on her to see how the way she's feeling, and she always reminds me of that. You know who you are. You're a great father. You're a great brother. You're a great friend. Yes, you made mistakes. You've done stuff. You've hurt people. You've you you made mistakes, but that's all of us. It doesn't define you. It's who you are now. And like you said, you nailed it right on 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 the nail. Like if you keep on making those mistakes, then there's something. There's something wrong.
0: So there's three kind of, um, I would say, um, three types of, of learning or three types of people, mm-hmm. um, or three ways to see lessons. And one of them is if, um, uh, to not like, if you want to pursue something,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you you research to the best of your ability, your ability and, um, and 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 if or if somebody says, "Hey, don't do this," um, and and you don't do it because somebody else went through that, right? And you understand that, and then you don't you don't do that. Okay, well, that's that's the optimal, right? Because right. you're basically saying, "Yes, yeah, like I already know what where this will take me. I'm not going to do that," right? Right. Then there's the second one where it's like, okay, I may know or I may not know. Right but I'm going to experience, uh, but I don't believe you. I think I'm I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. Right. And then they, they, you know, they get a lesson and then maybe they're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. But okay, now I know, right? right? And right. I'm not going to do that again. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's a third kind, which is a little bit of what I was te- telling you earlier, which is, you know, you, you do, you know, you know you're not supposed to do something because it'll take you where you don't want to go. Right. Maybe you try it and you get that result, mm-hmm. but then you keep doing it. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So it's like, which one are you going to be? Are you going to be the one, like, in, in anything or who are you or what are you going to do or whatever? It doesn't matter. It's, okay, I know I should not do this because it's going to take me here or I'm going to try it anyway. So, okay, I learned my lesson, not doing that again. Right or yeah, I didn't really learn my lesson. I'm doing right. the same thing over and over again. See, right. there's a difference, mm-hmm. right? Right. So, and if you continue focusing on what other people think or say or even think of you, the best thing you can do for yourself and for them mm-hmm. Is we all know like words mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Actions it's actions speak louder, louder than, than words, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody, and in order for actions to happen, mm-hmm. time has to pass.
1: Exactly, one hundred percent, one hundred percent.
0: And in order, you know, when that happens, that's that's way more powerful than any word in the vocabulary. Any right. any 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 word, any phrase, any promises, anything on paper. Mm-hmm. That speaks but but it has to take time and you speak i I saw your 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 uh, motivational video and mm-hmm. you and you're big on patience
1: exactly patience is key if you patience and faith like I said i I have one patience right here faith right here it's something that I got during this whole thing that I was going through at one point myra when I was trying when I was going through this you know new Reborn version of myself. I felt like I was trying too hard to try to get people out there to see it. Like I was trying to. I was trying too hard. And what was it doing for me? It was. It was actually making things worse. <laughs> it was making things worse. So
0: because your focus is right. not on you, think right. about it.
1: Exactly. You you
0: can only have one like one thought at a time.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So you you thought you were maybe at the time when you start like you thought you were focusing on yourself, mm-hmm. but you were really focusing on what they were thinking and they think were thinking. about that exactly. think about that like like you don't even even if you're with your same people that have been married forever even right. like you don't know what's going through your your spouse's right. head right that's right. why uh it doesn't matter how 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 long you've been married it's not like oh we no longer argue mm-hmm. no why 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 do they argue right because the, you you can't tell you can't you you don't know what the other person is thinking and and certainly you can't control it
2: right right
0: and you talk about do it only what you can control right so right. if you're like if you're if you're trying to control how they think of you it's it's like a hamster on a wheel it's right. just it's, just it's, it's gonna going take you to nowhere go.
1: right and I had to learn that the hard way and so once when I once when when I was going through all of that and I realized like all right, Chris, like, w- take a step back. It was funny because when I was going through that, I was trying to really try to prove, because I, I was really trying to prove to people, like, look, this is not, I know this is how the way it looks like that I am, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm not that person. Right. You know, and I, and I was trying too hard to convince, you know, family members. I was trying to convince, you know, friends. I was trying to convince, you know, people. And honestly, I, th- I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? These people are not, these people aren't me. Like I, I need to take a step back and I need to re-evalu- reevaluate myself. This is going to take a little bit more. T- you, it's like if you're changing parts out of a car, you're not going to do it overnight. It's going to take time. And another thing, Myra, you're not going to get it right the first time. Everybody's going to make mistakes. Even when you're trying, when you're trying to fix something, you're not going to get it right the first time. That was my mistake. I was trying too hard. I was trying to convince the world like, okay, well, I'm this person and it just wasn't working because I was still failing of taking accountability.
0: You're still not focusing on I you. I still
1: was not focusing, and I still wasn't taking that accountability. I still wasn't. I, I still kept on trying to, you know, compare to others, and I'm. I can't compare to others. I'm. I'm my own self, and I know what I did, and I just pretty much had to man the f up and just be like you know what. Take a step back. Dig a little deeper. Journal more if you have to. I don't know, like I started spending more time with my kids. I started because my kids were my rock, especially my oldest daughter, because my oldest daughter, she's getting into this teenage phase now and her way of life of thinking is she amazes me sometimes with how the way she thinks and the, with the stuff that she tells me. And, you know, I, I started to just cut back on everything. Like I people at work would even tell me like, hey, look, are you okay? Like you're not really talking much. It's, it's not that I was trying to not talk to people. It was just more so of like, I was trying to refocus more on on myself. And then before you know it, I'm starting to smile more and people at work start to notice how hey, you're 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 glowing more, you're smiling more. You know, you're you, you look like you're you're losing more weight, like you're you're looking good, you look like you're doing better. Some days were better than others, but that's how I knew that I was getting better and still trying to be there for my mom, still trying to be there for my uncle, still trying to maintain, you know, my, my family and everything, you know, with my dad and, you know, with my brother. And then my brother ends up moving to San Antonio, which made it a little bit more hard because, you know, we, we were just kind of gaining our brother. We went through a, a phase in 2018 to where we kind of fell off, had a huge argument and, you know, we were finally getting our, our we were getting close again. So that was tough because then I was losing, you know, my, my, my brother again. Um, but you have yourself, you have yourself, and that's all you have. Focus on prayer, forgiveness for stuff, and on what you can control. And I, and I, it's, it's inevitable. And I tell people, just, just do that. Just do that. A really quick story. Um, I have a friend who, this actually was in, this was in, oh man, I want to say this was like in, in October. She, her, her, her boyfriend is from Mexico. He's traveling to Mexico, and, you know, she she he says, hey, look, due to service issues, I'll call you when I get down there to wherever he was going to Mexico. And um, she noticed that at the time that he had gave her that she was going to, he was going to call her, she, she didn't hear from him, so she started to get worried. And so, like, me and her, like, we're, we've been close friends since, like, since, what, 2011? Like, we've been really close friends. And so you know, she was kind of there for me, you know, to kind of help me through like my separation, just kind of be there for me. And but at the same time, just not trying to bother her because of with her you no know, relationship and everything. And she calls me the next day saying that her, while her boyfriend was traveling down to Mexico, that he had got kidnapped by one of the cartels in Mexico, and they and that the people that were holding the captive had called her for ransom money. So she's freaking out, and I'm over here like, okay. You know, I'm going through this change and all this stuff, and I'm over here focused on another stuff. And I was like, okay, but I, I need to be here for for my friend. And I, but this is a situation that's way out of my league. I don't know how to. This is all, I, I don't know what to say or to do. So I just kind of told her, "I was like, look, okay, just take a deep breath because she's she's freaking out. I was like take a deep breath, you know." And I try to tell, okay, let's focus on the little things. We know that he's alive, you know, and we know that they're not going to do anything to him they just want, and unfortunately, stuff like that happens all the time. And so, she was like, well, I mean, I I have the money, I I could do it, and I was like, okay, well, and then she started explaining to me all these processes that they do, I guess, you know, to not make sure that things get tracked over the phone or something like that. And, um, days would go by to where she wouldn't hear from them again, and so her anxiety and her mental health was going so bad, it was, she thought, oh, he's, he's, he's probably not alive anymore and everything, and I'm like, it's going to be okay. Just pray about it. We would pray on the phone. I was like, you haven't given them any reasons to think that you're not going to pay or anything like that. And it's kind of hard to tell a friend that it's going to be okay when even I didn't know you, you hear so many stories about what happens when people get kidnapped in Mexico, that it's not going to end up well. So even I'm just like, okay, like just, just, it's going to be okay. Have faith in God and everything. And so sure enough, some way she was able to get it like paid. It was like do like a money transfer, or something like that. And then more days happened to where they didn't hear from. She didn't hear from him because they were supposed to bring him down here. And she was she was really convinced that he wasn't like alive. And I kept on telling her like, look, everything's gonna be okay. Focus on what you control. And then she had family members of her saying, oh no, he's dead. You, you just have to accept it. There were her family members telling her, you're you're just gonna have to accept that he's not coming back. And so that was making her feel even worse. So I I say that story because people will come into your life and try to bring you down with negativity. And you know what? Two days later, she calls me crying saying that they called her and that she had to drive to San Antonio to go pick him up. So I told her, I was like, you see? I like to do you see? Like, I told you everything was going to be okay. You have to focus on the little things. And while... People in your family kept on telling you, well, things like that just don't go well. You're just going to have to accept it. Like, just move on with your life. And so to this very day, she tells me, had it not been for you, I would have, you got me through the most difficult time of my life. And it means something to me. And, you know, when we were, I know we were off air and, you know, I showed you how someone commented on my motivational video, how they went through substance abuse and they went through treating people bad and everything and for them to reach out to me and say that I had an impact on them, all it takes is for one person. And that for me is what motivates me even more to try to help people. There's probably people who are probably going to see this and they'll probably still say, Oh no, he's still that guy 10 months ago. And I don't care because I know who I am and you can't, you have to block out people that will hold you back. Cause these people are going to talk crap about you regardless. If they see you elevating, if they see you leveling up, if they see you doing whatever they're, they're gonna talk. They're gonna talk crap about. You. That's is that's just inevitable. That's just part of life. That's people are gonna do that.
0: Well, um, there's a saying mm-hmm. that says, um, "Hurt people, hurt people."
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And so, knowing that, it's and everybody goes through something. You know, we I I I don't know you. I I I didn't know you this deep. Right. Mm -hmm. But I would have never thought any, any of the, of the things of of the, of your life experiences. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, um, even, even if I would see you often when, when we used to work together Mm -hmm. or at this for the same company. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I said, even your peers, you know, even the people you work close to close, closely, like they don't know what you're going through at all. So when, when, when you start feeling people are bringing you down, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to understand that hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're hurt yourself and you're around other people that are hurting people, Mm -hmm. it's probably not a good solution because they have their own, and you mentioned earlier, you didn't want to bother people. They have their own things. They have their own life. Right. Right. So, right. and and then you mentioned earlier, um, you know, when, when you were going through this hard time that put a lot of pressure on you. Right. In a sense, you were broken. And you mentioned, you know, I was bringing other people down with me. Mm-hmm. Hurt people. Right. Hurt people. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so, n- not knowing that when 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 you feel somebody's trying to bring you down mm-hmm. it's a whole can of worms
2: right
0: right like do like if 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 you have worms in your can yourself
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's a whole another can of worms and right. the easiest and best thing to do is to learn how to create that distance right. because you have your own worms you're trying to get to to clean Exactly. Out of out of your environment, right? And so, even though it h- may hurt sometimes, mm-hmm. even even because you know you mentioned you were uh, engaged, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I'm sure you, your fiance at the time or she had said yes mm-hmm. at some point, mm-hmm. right? And then, so it's I'm sure she didn't say yes because she didn't love you. Mm-hmm. It was just that hurt people hurt people. Right. Yeah, and once you understand that, right, right. And you decide to turn that around. Like I said, it's, it's, it takes time. Mm-hmm. It's not like, let me write a a, a summary. Mm-hmm. Here you go. This is my, it, because it's, and you know, I would say the same thing. Say if somebody hurt me and, and somebody said, Hey, I'm sorry, I'm a changed person from one day to the other or from one month to the other. And you know how hurt those people are and you know how much they hurt me Mm -hmm. or you or whoever. And then they come and say, Hey, you know, it just like, it, it shows, uh, you know, you have, everybody knows you have to take time and work for for work on it because it, it takes time. And the beauty of it is it's understanding that and recognize it. And, and I, and I do believe that you are changed because some like sometimes it takes unfortunately, mm-hmm. sometimes it takes something that shatters your world to see it. Right, right. Exactly. It takes it takes it you know, there's a yin and yang, mm-hmm. right? Right. So on 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 the light side, on the white side, there's always a black dot, meaning even though life is good.
1: Right, right
0: be careful because there the black dot is there meaning it that's like the that's the 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 sign that something can anytime, at right. any point can come whether it's sickness
2: mm-hmm.
0: whether it's you know whatever it is that comes and shatters your world that that possibility is there and it, it it's there right right and same thing with like the dark side the beauty of the dark side is that you can't see the light. Right. It's easier to see the light or the sh- or what truly matters. That light. It's easier. To, it's easier to see it when you're in the dark.
1: Right. Right.
0: You. You. See, then you start seeing what matters.
2: Right. Right.
0: And you can't see that in the daylight when everything is good. It's foggy. Right. Right. Everything is good. It's hard to you take things for granted. So in the daylight, that's that's the springtime. That's when it's time to work and build things. That's the time to take advantage that life is okay right now. I know because the black dot is there. I know that anything can come and shake my world at any point. So for now, I'm going to take advantage and right. I'm going to run with what I have. Exactly. And I'm going to build on it. And when that darkness does come, because it will come, mm-hmm. it, it comes to everyone. Right. At different levels And that just depends Where you're at That right. level It depends on How much, how many blind sides You have right? right How many How many things You don't see And it's when you're In that dark moment mm-hmm. When you can see Right What it is that matters That's that light
1: Absolutely And you You hit it right on the nail um, When you had mentioned Yes When my fiance Had said yes to me She said yes to the good person But then I ended up Turning into the To that bad person You know So it was Definitely understandable and like you said, just taking them for granted and the things that I did wrong. Acknowledging what I did and how the of who I was affecting. I think for me, when it was said that, you know, I've hurt people that that will probably have a hard time trusting again. That's that's it hurts me that I that I that I made these people feel this way. Because I never want to affect people in their life going forward. And what I went through, my separation, everything I've done has molded me into this person mm-hmm. today. And I feel like I'm not gonna say I'm not happy of how the way things happened. I'm not happy of, of how the way it ended, but I am happy that I went through this pain. I'm happy that I went through the change, the journaling, the cause I did a lot of research. I did a lot of research of you know, of like anxiety. I did a lot of research of, of, of just different things that I was going through, what I was feeling. Cause I, I could not, there were, I could not sleep for two months, Myra. Like I would, I, there was like a good month to did not eat. I just didn't, I was just going through a lot. And then you can imagine with my uncle and then with my mom. And then, like I said, I live by myself. I mentioned in my video that when, when you live by yourself, not really having someone to talk to, it can cause, sometimes it's a good thing because you have your peace and then, but sometimes it's a bad thing because you overthink too much. And that's where the overthinking thing comes into play. And then you start to go back, then you start to will yourself back again. Like, oh man, like I could have still did, have did this better. Yeah, I could have done, I didn't have to remind myself, no, 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 Chris, like you've already done that. You've already went back and forth. Forgive yourself. Know who you are. Know who you are now. And like I said, every morning I wake up every day and I say, I am better than I was tomorrow and i know that i will make someone very happy one day and they're going to be the happiest person cuz now uh, you're a better man exactly i'm a better person and they're going to get the the best version of me and yeah um and i'm happy i'm i'm happy about i'm happy about that just i'm excited for what the future holds yeah and i'm excited for now that i know what i want as far as what i want to do you know as far as with my youtube and you know hopefully one day to have my own podcast show and you know, moti- you know, looking up to motivation like y- you motivate me and uh just looking up to people who who motivate me to become better. You know, and I think that's that's all it is. You need to surround yourself mm. with 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 people that will will help you elevate and to help you level up. And like I said, when when you had reached out, immediately I did all the research, you know, on your on your YouTube. I did all the research on your podcast and it was just it was amazing. And that in itself helps me, like, I, that's something I want to do one day. Mm -hmm. But baby steps. Again, you can't, you can't, patience, right? right? Baby steps. With my YouTube, like, obviously, it's still a work in progress. Like, I want to be monetized by YouTube. But obviously, you need at least a 1,000 subscribers, 400 watch hours. You need at least a, a million views and stuff like that. So those are the baby steps I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Because I want, I do know what I want. Now, I want to, like, I want to have a lot of money one day. I want to have my own house. Like, I want I want to have a family again. I want that. I want that. And I want to be able to look back and say, my screw-ups don't define me. It happened. I know I've affected a lot of people. And I've apologized. I've apologized to those people. I have done that. I've I've done that. And I asked for forgiveness. And that's all I could do. And now I move forward. So, And this is where I'm at in life. And this is where I'll continue to help people.
0: I love it. I I love it. And I I say this again, because you, you, you cannot, well, you, it's, you can, you cannot help somebody that needs help and, and you've never gone through that. Right. So early on, I had a, uh, a guest that said that he was going through a hard time and, um, I think he reached out even for, for like help, like, uh, um, help as, as like psychology for, like for therapy, right, 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 but he couldn't find anybody he could relate to. Right. So he's like, I, that ended up not working for him. There was, he couldn't find somebody that could help him because he felt nobody understood him. Right. He felt that nobody had gone like these people he was talking to mm-hmm. how could they give him advice right if if first of all they 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 didn't look like they they wouldn't understand mm-hmm. what he went through right so that's what i and, and you know und, you know basically at 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 that point like you have to go through those through those hard times mm-hmm. To be much more powerful in, in helping people even better because you, there, it's like this feeling, this connection mm-hmm. that you can't describe it and you can't make it. Right. It's like this energy that's either there or it's not.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? And, right. and you just can't make it up. Right. And when you when when you go with as you've been through these experiences and you choose to be better and persevere and you choose to to not be the same person or at least try to escape out of that person that 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 was there
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and, and you do what you can. Right. Eventually, things will start falling into place, like the domino effect. Right, right. You start changing your habits. Mm-hmm. You start changing the way you think. Right. You start changing who you listen to. Right. And so forth. And, I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like I say it often, but, I mean, I have to I have to keep saying it. Like, habits compound. Right. All habits. Yeah. You do good habits, good habits will compound. right. You do bad habits. Bad habits will, will compound. Yeah. You mentioned earlier you had a four days of continuous bad things happen to you back to back, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you you're in your head. You have all these things going on. You forgot to to check your sticker. Why? Mm-hmm. Right. Because, because you have so many things. You're you're. It's right. like one. You know, you're you you were speeding. You got a ticket. It's like, it's all these things that, that if you don't just, you know, you mentioned, you know, you're a big fan of like just stopping and taking a deep breath. If you don't stop mm-hmm. and take a deep breath and you don't put a stop at some point, right. those will continue. Right. And you know, you're like, Oh man, I'm just like, there's been so many things happening. Like this is it. Right. That's where you make it stop. If you didn't say that, mm-hmm it'll roll over to it. eventually you end up on the street homeless.
1: Right. Exactly. And you know, it's funny. Um, the other day at the gym, there's this guy who, or he's, I see him in there almost every day. He's really fit, really do looks good. And uh, I went up to him one day and I just asked him, I was like, Hey, would you, I have my own YouTube channel. Would you be willing to, to get a training session in together for my YouTube channel? And he was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, man, you make everybody in here look bad. You, you look really good. And um, he told me, he's like, yeah, that's what uh, that's what four years sober would do to you. And I was like, excuse me? And he told me that he used to be in a gang uh, to where he was addicted to drugs. He almost overdosed two times. Um, and then he was in rehab for alcohol. I think he said like three times. And then one day, he one of his buddies like was like, hey, I'm going to go to the gym. you want to come with me? And he went with him, and he said it was on that day when he stepped foot in the gym. That's what changed his life. So he's four years sober, never had a drink, never done anything with drugs involved. And he's looking the best that he's ever had. And he has his first show coming in May. Mm -hmm. And that to me was amazing. And I told him, I was like, this is this. I work out at five in the morning. So he's telling me this like at 5.15 in the morning because it was when we got there. I was like, dude, you, you already made my day. You've already made, I don't, I'll probably have a shitty day for the rest of the day, but your story is what. What motivates me And that's amazing Because we can all relate Myra Like I talked about the Adversity that I overcame I know I'm still going to go Through more adversity We all are It's just part of life And like we touched on earlier If you're not If you're There's always room to grow But you know With what I went through Yesterday or last year Or the year before Maybe that will help me Overcome the adversity Coming forward Yeah And I can use that To help others Yeah And it's just, it's it's an amazing feeling what you know you could do, but definitely it's very important to distract those that will try to bring you down or try to, you know, just create distraction. Always stay positive the best way that you can. I know it's, I know it's easier said than done, especially when it's so overwhelming with whatever situation that you have.
0: I have a rule for that. What is that? It's doesn't matter what where you are every day? It's do the best you can, right? Because that's all you can do. It's so simple. Every every in everything, like every situation, every moment, even like from the moment you wake up to the moment you you put your body to rest and right. get it ready for the next day. Every we every breathe every breath we take, mm-hmm. it's. At some point, we have to make an action, whether even if it is, hey, do I make my uh, do I take a pre-workout before I go work out? You know, it's all a choice. Mm -hmm. It's everything. It's a choice. Everything is a negotiation. Right. Mm -hmm. And so so many things are on autopilot that you don't really think about them. But even then, when there are choices to be made. Mm -hmm. And this is why when you do the best you can.
2: Right.
0: So simple. Everything. Anything. When you do the best you can, that's and that's all you can do. You can go to bed feeling okay because right. it doesn't matter if you didn't get the outcome you right. you, didn't, you didn't expect. It doesn't matter if you, maybe the day didn't unfold like you wished it had. Right. However, if you did everything the best that you could, that you could. That's enough reason to go to bed and say, you know what, just we'll we'll take care of it tomorrow. Right. Exactly. It's so simple. It's such a small like, it's such a simple rule to have. But if you think about that often, especially with every choice you have to make, and and some choices are harder than others. Maybe it's like, is this a time that I need to you know create some distance with this person? That it's re- I'm like I'm struggling myself. Um, that I'm trying to overcome this this person or this thing or th- whatever this is causing some friction with mm-hmm. my goals right. i just need to create some distance and understanding why you did that and understanding that you did the best you could at the time you had right, you, you, right? like and and you do that every day think about that you mentioned like earlier just do the best you can it's if you only focus not on the huge mountain of where i want to go where i want to be but if you just say you know what the goal is i'm just going to do slightly better today than i did yesterday right just slightly better today than i did yesterday and it, it look everything ties up then we talk about habits right habits compound so when you just do the best you can every day it, well let me rephrase that the focus would be to do better than you did yesterday yourself when you compare yourself to yesterday because that's the only thing you can compare yourself to right. anything else is just an illusion in your head mm-hmm. because everybody is different everybody has a different lifestyle nobody grew up like the way you grew up right like no, not even your bro- like nobody has lived the life you've lived right. There's just that's why when you know when they say, "Oh, you're unique, mm-hmm. it's because no like think about it, mm-hmm. like our past is basically like a like a collage of who we are today,
2: right right,
0: and your collage is not the same as anybody else's, right, right. so comparing yourself to others or other situations or whatever, um that's really just an illusion right. That's really just a, like, that's, that's, that's nothing true. Nothing. However, when you compare yourself to who you were yesterday,
2: right,
0: right. now it takes a whole big toll out of way. Cause you don't have to focus on the big, the, the you, you have in the back of your mind, you've written down your goals. This mm-hmm. is where, where I want to go. This is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. You break it down. Okay. What do I need to start doing right. to get there? and okay all right so next day what did i do yesterday and how and how do i improve on that mm-hmm. how do i continue doing that right and then you start doing the same thing and then you start becoming familiar with that so now you're doing it faster right and so now you're moving faster because those things they are already kind of like okay already okay right. i'm already here now mm-hmm. okay i did that yes okay i'm i'm good and Habits compound. Right, you start doing those things right. little by little. Mm-hmm. Guess what? In six years, mm-hmm. those little habits are not gonna be just little. Right. right, right. You're gonna you're gonna look back and you're like, wow, yeah. like in six years, good habits, repeated and and improved, are right. not gonna do nothing. Right, right. Right. Same thing with 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 the battle. But if you're but, you know, and, and sometimes if you're like, oh, man, I was, I'm just not getting there fast enough. It might be because you're fluctuating from good to bad, from good to bad. And, you know, you're not really making that huge progress that you want to make. Right. Because maybe you're too focused on the big mountain and then you have things and it just shatters. But breaking it down
2: mm-hmm.
0: and just comparing yourself to yesterday, right. because it's the closest thing you can compare yourself to. And it's true because that is you. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And also another thing too, as far as when you're elevating yourself and when you're making yourself better, one thing that I tell people, and this kind of goes to the overthinking part, your your mind is your worst enemy. It really is. Like, that's what could set you back. That's what you, your mind is, you, you overthink things and you just like, okay, I, I don't know if I could do this. There's times where, you literally just feel like this, this is overwhelming mm. however when you believe in yourself because i i believe in myself i really do i really do this month of april was it was kind of a, like an emotional setback for me um it, it was emotional setback for me for something that that happened but the outcome of it has made me stronger and i know going forward I wanna allow this to happen again, and everything is going to. But it was it was my it was my mind just overthinking it, and I was like, you know what, I was wrong. But going forward, I know that I have people out there that love me. I have people out there that care for me. I have people out there who who believe in me, and there's a saying that I kind of created. Well, I I saw it, but then I kind of twisted up in my own words. It's called murdering the person that I used to be, because I guarantee you. I'm gonna look back on this, and although I'm not happy with how the way things happened and how the way it went down in my life, I'm happy that I went through it and you you ha- you can't take those for granted and you know because at the end of the day, all you have is yourself love yourself, love yourself then you'll you'll like I said the domino fact you'll people will start to come into your life that you know like who are you and these are this is maybe this was meant for this person to come into your life I do also believe in that too Myra. I do believe that people. From what we believe are supposed to come into your life forever, but maybe they're meant to come in your life for a season to teach you something, to teach you something about yourself, or maybe they were meant to come into your life for you to teach them something. And I truly believe in that with with me going forward because you know I've had people tell me, you know, hey, you're you're a good listener. You know, I've had somebody tell me the other day, you have a very soothing, calming voice. This lady at work, uh, very nice, sweet lady. I would agree. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, But yeah, when you and then you start to to smile more, and also in the midst of all that one thing i ever ever forgot to mention forgiving yourself and everything uh peace peace is very important peace
0: that's what I mean when you peace. do mm-hmm. the best you can do, I mean there's nothing else that 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 would really like that's why sometimes you know re- maybe regret happens and and things like that but when you know for mm-hmm. certain you did the best you could i mean right that's peace to me right, right? right. like because you can go to bed rest, rested knowing that you just did the best you could and you and can. i and and i'm I, and i agree with you when you mention when you talk about like um uh i think it was uh like taking taking what it was leading, doing the best you can and and that things, things will come. Well, yeah, I was trying to say how you said it, but see, I, I, I blanked out.
1: Like when you're going through things and not taking it for granted.
0: No, it was, uh, um, okay. I can't, I, I can't think, but, Anymore, but it was, but at the end of the day, it was Mm -hmm. just doing the best, the bet, the best you can do. Basically, Um, it's that's that's peace to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And but not only that, like especially with wanting to or or having that heart to help other people, and going through these struggles yourself. Mm -hmm. I see the strength in you because right. you keep wanting to find out answers and be better. Exactly. And uh and and, and when you do that and you and when you persevere because you will right. or anyone, right? Um like the ability to help others is much more powerful. Right. Now because some people are not as strong to 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 say hey i need to pick myself up right
2: right
0: and you know earlier you mentioned like a, a thought crossed your head your 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 brain where it was like you even consider maybe even suicide mm-hmm. think about it suicide is an all time high
2: right right now right
0: right all time high mm-hmm. in the world right right so some pe- that just tells me that, you know, some people throw the towel like faster and right. and I see you and I see you strong. I feel that you are strong and, and, you know, you are just dealing with the cards you're dealt right. and in how you're playing it. But now you're wanting to play your hand better. right? You're paying more attention to your hand versus, you know, just being there and taking what you have. You're, you're you're trying to play your hand more strategically and you're learning the, the game essentially, Mm -hmm. right. Of, of like navigating and figuring out yourself. Right. Um, so I, 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 I applaud you for that. And, and I find that myself inspiration, it like, it's very inspiring like even for myself to see, you know, people keep fighting and and not wanting to give up and trying to be better. Not only that help Mm -hmm. others. Right. So in, in my question to you is uh like, where are, where are your goals? I, I like, I understand you want to help others and, mm. and, and with your YouTube, where do you want to take your, your YouTube? What, what's your goal that you've set with, with your YouTube dream?
1: My goal is to, or number one, I, w- I want to be a licensed per, per, personal trainer, which I know that, that, that could be easily obtained just with enough work. I want to do that to help people, um, be happy with themselves. Mm. You know, if they're not in a good place, you know, uh, with their body, you know, I've, I've had people at the gym that I, that I used to know before that I see them and, you know, they'll ask me, you know, like, Hey, what can I do? What can I do better on this? And, you know, I, and I try to get help them with that. So I, I want to be a professional or license or licensed trainer, but also,
0: license like in a like like personal training personal or training. like okay personal
1: training sorry and then also I want to and I, th- I thought about this I, I think I do want to be a coach as far as like helping people motivational and I think the YouTube content is a good way to get that out there yeah. and because again I believe everything happens for a reason my like I everything happens for a reason for some reasons that we cannot understand, we may not like what the outcome may be. We can't understand that. You can't question him of, okay, well, why did this happen? I wanted this to happen. You just have to, you just have to trust the process. And that goes with, with patience and faith. And like I said, I've, I've sat on this camera and I owned up to things and I'm sure people will look at me and be like, oh man, I didn't know that about him. You know, either they're going to look at me in a bad way or they're going to look at me in a good way. Either way, like I'm not going to care what they think because I know who I am. And if these people get to know me or get to re-know me, then they'll know, this new side of, of Chris Reyes. And I want to be able to help people that made mistakes in life. Cause there are people, I've seen people out there that just hold such a burden over their head. And if I could be the one to tell you, like I I made a, a real, um, uh, last Monday and I know we kind of talked about it off air, but it was called the, the Monday blues reel. And it was basically people who are having like bad days, like having just going through so much. I've seen people who are struggling with, with losses in their family to, to this very day. They, they, they just, I don't know, they're, they're drinking all the time to get through it. That's just how the way they cope. Or if they're just going through financials, job issues, relationship issues. And although I'm not like a, like a, a dating coach or anything like that, I'm not a, a, a financial advisor or anything like that, but just like you said, just do the best you can. Everything will be Okay. Because God won't put you through anything that you can't handle, but you need people who you need people to support you. You need you need a support system. The people who will care for you, people who will love you. If you need to pick up the phone at three in the morning and know that that person's going to answer, because I told people with that with me, like I don't care, you know, just just reach out. Because I don't want you to do anything to yourself because you're going through something. Because if you do something to yourself, then I feel like I failed as a friend or as a brother or as a father. And I want to be that inspiration to help you because I know how the way it feels. I've hurt people before, and I, it's not—it's not a good feeling. And because of that, I probably damaged them their trust again. And you know, I all I could do is become better and ask for forgiveness, which which I did, and that was my closure. That was my closure for myself. I asked for forgiveness, and I and I move forward. I move on.
0: Yeah, there's a really good book. I'll have to tell you the title later. I le- I think I read it like last year, so I don't I can't yeah. remember the title, but basically it's about um so when you have a lot of things in in your mind and things aren't going the way you want them to and you want to start reversing that right you have to it means you've been trying to control the plane you're in right and obviously it's not it's it's not taking you where you want to be now say you're driving you're flying this plane right which is your life right and everything under it's mm-hmm. it's it, there's say you're flying over a forest mm-hmm. and it's all cloudy say you can't find the spot to land safely right your plane so what do you do you have to let your co-pilot take over
1: exactly i like that I like
0: that. And that is that that could be your faith. That could be your hey, I'm just going to follow. I'm going to stop trying to take control and I'm going to just kind of follow what I feels right. I'm going to hand it over to my co-pilot, which is it could be your faith, right? right? Exactly. So in a sense, you're you're going to say, "Okay, I'm just going to trust the process. I'm right. going to hand over the wheel to my my co my co-pilot so that it lands it as safely as it can. Once once you start feeling like okay, I've landed. I'm I'm at a base here. I have all these things I need to fix. Right. But but okay, at least I'm in a position that from here on I can start taking action. Right. So then you start you go to the you're going to it's it's a forest, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to look for the Biggest, darkest tree, right? Right. Which is your biggest, like whatever's heaviest on your shoulders. Right. That's the first thing you're gonna see, mm-hmm. right? So you you look at it in the eye, straightforward. That means taking ownership. Right. Like you you start you don't shy away or maybe for other people that indulge in drugs or alcohol or whatever, right. you know, it's, it's leave all that alone. You're going to look at the big tree,
1: exactly,
0: right? So then you see it and then you, you ba- you, you start, you get a basket and you start picking up the trees that are closest to you. The, right. Sorry, the, the, the apples right. that are closest to you. Mm-hmm. Meaning those, you have a big problem. Now you, you break down the, the details, the, the, of, of those, of those what, of the, the tree, the, the right. apples that fell from that dark tree. Right, right. And, and I, you, because earlier you you just mentioned, you know, you've apologized. Mm-hmm. That means, you know, maybe this apple means I need to come and apologize to this person. Right. Okay. And so you start picking some of those up. Uh-huh. And um, so they're no longer laying and scattered, You've picked them up. You've taken ownership. You've addressed those. It doesn't mean those apples, whatever. You've just addressed those. You need to address those to move forward if those things are weighing on you, right? Right. So, and then what happens, you take that and you plant a new tree. Right. That you want to water. You take those apples that are no longer good or that you've affected that They've fallen already. Right. You plant a new tree. And so then what do you do? you start watering the new tree mm-hmm. the tree you want to grow the tree that's been grown and dark and ugly and, and and you know it's it's dark. you let that alone you no longer feed it because if you feed it that big ugly tree is gonna keep growing right. So you plant a, a green tree, a tree that you want to grow and you right. start watering that tree. Right. What's going to happen is this tree is going to start growing and this tree is going to start shrinking because you're exactly. no longer feeding it. Right. right.
2: right. Right?
0: You're 100%. And then you start you start watering that if you want to ta- if you're once you're ready to tackle on another issue, mm-hmm. then okay, you start picking up those trees or sorry, those apples. Right. And you take those apples and then you plant another tree. Right. The tree you want to water and then you stop watering that one and you start watering this one. Exactly. That one is going to die in itself because you've stopped watering it. You've right. no longer you're no longer attending to it. Right. Right. Now you now your mind now you're busy watering these other trees, mm-hmm. but these ones grew grew without even you knowing you planted those, right. and you were watering those. But right. now that you know, now that you've landed your your plane, now that you've landed over your, the forest mm-hmm. that you've created. Right. Now that it's safe and you've you're seeing it closely and and um and you're seeing it with awareness, right? Now you're able to to handle it, and that's when you're like, okay, you're I'm I'm in a better position now. I'm in a better mindset. I'm I'm not where I want to be, but at least I I see the problem. Right. Now I'm, I'm I'm gonna do what I need to do to plant start planting my other tree.
1: Yeah, you know it's funny because when I, I love your analogy of that and. At one point where I was telling myself, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I kept on blaming myself and I was like, I, I don't know why God continues to give me the hardest road. I don't know why, you know, I would be questioning why me, why me? But then I started saying, this is how he wanted it to be. This is how the way it was meant for me. For, for me to go through what I went through and to acknowledge in front of the whole world of the hurtful things that I've done and how I've came to become the best version of myself and to acknowledge that and to take accountability and to focus into it, it, ch- uh, change in routines is scary because mm-hmm. journaling is something I never did before. I never did that. If you ask old friends before, that's not Chris's thing, you know, journaling, um, even just, I, even listening to classical music, is something I never did, but I find it very therapeutic, very soothing. And just with different things, just looking up to YouTube videos of, Inspiration, podcast, manifestation. But you have to, you can never question God's will. Every day we are a work in progress. And that's something that I want people to know. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. So don't try to be perfect for anyone. Don't let people gaslight you or make you feel like you have to be perfect. Don't let people bring you down. Don't let them remind you of the old version of yourself. You know who you are. And I love the whole co-pilot that you gave, you know, that's, that's amazing. And I truly do believe in that. Everything happens for a reason and everything's going to be okay. And
0: a hundred percent. And like, think about it, like, like for anyone, you know, you graduate high school. It's kind of like the, the, the starting point when you really start really you start feeling like, okay, now I'm an adult. Okay. Right. Like whatever that that means to you, to to you as a person, anyone, right? And so think about it. Since you're eighteen up to today, mm-hmm. um, that all that that time it, it seems like maybe a long time, but it's only a small portion of the life you have left.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. And so
0: now knowing that, you know, and everybody's timeline is different. But once you realize that, okay, it's time to start building exactly the life that I want to live, right? right? So, and when you start focusing on that, then you start having, you, you start living a, a different life. Right. And sure, you'll have... Things you have to overcome, still, but mm. now it's worth it because you're overcoming them because you're living the life you're building. Right. You're not overcoming stuff or or things with without any guidance. What? Okay, we'll just see where this takes me. Right. Like I'm just gonna overcome them, but we'll see what happens. Mm. No, you're at, you're at least overcoming these challenges, but there's a purpose behind those. Right. They're not just things that life throws at you and 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 you allow life to control you versus you being in control i i really believe that um that uh, well i think every every i think everyone it doesn't matter where they are in life mm-hmm. believes in a higher power right you know and you know even if you think hey it's me i'm 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 the god i'm i'm like for people that think that way it, it doesn't matter at the end of the day everybody thinks there's a higher power exactly right exactly so that being said it's like when when you when you know that and you start thinking okay well it's up to me like i'm just the shell yes there's something inside of me that's bigger than me And yet we're all together because we need each other. So in some sense, we're all connected in this mystical way. I'm just a shell and I just have to live the experience that I need to live. This is outside my control. You didn't ask to be here in this life. Right. As a matter of fact, it's a miracle itself Mm -hmm. that there's one tiny sperm that made it out of... catrillions. Qu- right. And yet you are here. Exactly. So you alone you're a miracle. Right. Within itself. Right. There's l- your your life, right? Right. Like if you stop breathing, mm-hmm. that's it.
2: Right.
0: You're just this is just a shell, right? right. So then it's like what are you going to do? So when when you th- Talk about like prayer, you know, I feel like that in in what in however people do it, some people meditate right. uh some people pray some, but it doesn't matter right? right you at the end of the day it doesn't matter what you call it right at the end of the day, you're connecting with something mm-hmm. bigger than you
1: right, and you know it's crazy uh sometimes when we get overwhelmed in the moment, it could be. And, and, and it's okay to feel that way. When I tell people when they're going through things, it's okay to process. It's okay to kind of take time for yourself to kind of gather your feelings. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to...
0: I think it's part of the process. It's part, it's part
1: of the process, and it's okay. Take time off. Do what you need to do to heal. But it's what I like to call it. It's it's rehab time. It's, it's time to get back on it because you can't keep feeling sorry for yourself. And when we get that way, when we when we pull ourselves back, it could definitely cause it it could definitely cause damage, but you you are your own self you are your only self I said this in my video love yourself because it's you're the only one who's gonna be spending the rest of your life with you, your own self and yes. so that's it's very very true and
0: you will always live with yourself you will always live with yourself you, can, you will always. always live with yourself
1: exactly and I think I think it's everything. Everything's gonna be okay, especially for those who are dealing with trauma in their life, dealing with with negativity, and I will I will help be their voice. And I know a year ago it, it it didn't seem like that, but hey, you know what? I went through something, and I'm again I'm not glad that it happened, but I'm glad that I went through it because you mentioned we're a miracle, and before we were born. God already knows how your life is going to pan out. You think so? Yeah. Your story is already written and God's not going to put you through anything that you can't handle, but you need to figure out how you're going to overcome that. It's adversity. It's part of our life. It's inevitable. You have to, if you make mistakes, yes, you have to suffer the consequences. That's part of the process. It's what do you do with those consequences? Do you use that to fuel you? Do you use that to piss you off, to make you better? Because that's what I do. When I'm in the gym or anything, I use my, the things I've done wrong is, it, I, I, man, I hate myself for that. I want to get better. And some people use it as fuel, you know, or you're going to use that to feel bad for yourself or, and you know, just mope. Or some people use that and don't even, the consequence, you don't learn anything from it. And then they can purely make those mistakes. Right,
0: right. So, Wait, and, and that's where I think like, that's where the value is as putting yourself out there and helping people see these things. Right. Um, and and when people feel a certain way and they start researching and YouTube and then maybe they they, they come across some of your content right. And then they start listening to your story and then they find they can relate right. And then you provide constructive feedback or options on how to, what you went through and how you got through it. Mm-hmm. And then you start helping, people change their own lives it sounds like that's kind of like the route you want to go right um just think about that right right like like it just and then you you build on that exactly. and and then you'll continue then you'll f- figure out a way to to continue overcoming new new adversities new challenges exactly and then it'll, it'll continue. Right. Right. So it's, um, um, I, I think it's beautiful what you're doing. Um, and, and even your, your motivation and, Mm -hmm. and just your thrive of, of, you know, I sure I'm, I was in this moment. I was in this, in, in this dark moment at the time, Mm -hmm. this is what I learned. And this is not only that, this is how I got out of it, which that it's, that's the hard part, right? right? How do you get out of it?
1: Right. Exactly.
0: And I I I commend you for that. Seriously. I appreciate
1: it. Thank you. When one chapter closes, another one opens. And you know, it's your, your choice how the way you write that chapter. And like I said, your your past mistakes don't do not define you. And it's very important. But I think everything, forgive yourself. Everything will pave the way. I would have never thought that by me doing that motivational video that I did, that was my first one that I did, by the way. I was nervous about it. I didn't know if I was, you know, I I was like, okay, am I, you know, doing this even right? Am I even reaching out to people? So to have the person that I showed you who commented on it, just even you reaching out to me, like, obviously it's reaching out to people. So my word is actually getting out. And I, you know, it's... It's amazing it at least tells me that I'm doing something right. if I can at least touch one person it lets me know that I'm doing something right, and for me, that's enough to keep on going harder and stronger
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know but use your mistakes as as fuel to make you stronger,
0: yeah, and I love and I love the 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 fact that you are just becoming this role model to your daughters Absolutely. right because at the end of the day, when they start facing. Bigger challenges in life, who are they going to have? Right. They're who they're going to go to. Right. They're going to go to their father. Right. Right. At least you're going to be one of them, if not the person Mm -hmm. they go to. Right. So, and, and what if, if, if he, like for example, I'll, I'll give the another analogy like the when you're, when you're traveling somewhere through, through an air, through, through fly, when you're flying somewhere. Right they say well, part of the instructions is if when if you have to put your mask on right don't put it to your child right put it to yourself first exactly. before you help the person next to you right because if you try helping the person next to you before you help yourself you may not make it right. on time and then you didn't nobody helped anyone right. right right so you have to help yourself first before you can help others
1: exactly exactly i also feel like as parents with our children you know we're still going to be facing adversity and you know because like i said you know when when they when they get older we have to be role models for them and i wanted to be an example of you can get through mm. anything if you put your mind to it you'll get through anything i was a little late making that choice but you know what like i always like to say it's better late than never it's better late than never it's never too late
0: agreed agreed so, so you're 36 mm-hmm. um most people retire on what 65 so that means you have much more life right. than even the l- one you've experienced already right. and that's right. a lot right so if if you're 65 mm-hmm. what would you what how would you think of yourself today think about that i know you probably haven't thought about that but that's
1: a good question
0: so if you're 65 and you no longer have the energy that you have today right. because you're still young, right? you're still full of dreams, you're motivated, you have lots of reasons right. to, to keep, continue fighting and thriving. Mm-hmm. So if you're 65 and maybe your energy levels are not the way they are today, what would you tell yourself today?
1: I think... It would have have to definitely do like okay with with, mm. so I guess it, I guess I have a question to that. Would it be like I've already went through what I went through and then yeah. I'm sixty five? Okay, so already having the experience that I went through and then I'm sixty five. Yeah, but today, then, to yeah, who then, you
0: are today, right? As if right. like today.
1: So now that now that I have a better understand what you're saying, um, if I were to
0: meaning my 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 the the, purpose, the the reason I ask you this question is because let's let's look at the future you want to build now mm-hmm. so if let's say let's fast forward mm-hmm. because when you're 65 you can't go back in time right. but right now we can we can think of okay if i'm 65 and i am no longer capable of doing all the things that i'm capable of today right. especially with time we talk about time right when you're 65 you're closer to the end right than you are than you were when you were born right yeah. so so what would you tell yourself today
1: this might seem kind of like a vague answer but i think i would tell myself you, you did good chris you did good you did the best you could and you, you did good. And that's really all you can, can do because I know I did, now that I'm going to have a better understanding of what you're saying. I, I, I kid you not two nights ago, I thought to myself, if I were to die, you know, a very old age, I want to be able to look back on my life, you know, while I'm in heaven and say, you know what, you did good. We had a good run. Yeah. So that's what I would tell myself.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. And, um, so is with what what would be your ultimate goal what where is it that what is your wildest dream um moving forward with the, with the dreams you have now with like you know building your your channel and helping others
1: yeah i i want a family i want a family again i want that and I wanna give I wanna be able to support my family. I want to make money. I want to I want I wanna be rich. I want that. I'm sitting here and I want to level up and do things and I want to have money and I want to help people. I want to inspire you I can't even tell you how many times I see people under a bridge. If I have like a single dollar in my I will give it to them. I try my best, you know, to give the best way that I can. And my goal is to to have a family. I wanna travel. I want to travel around. I, I want to go to Rome, to Italy. That's my 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 go to. Um, and I just want to. I want to. I want to be a beacon for others. For, you know, for to be in, to inspire other people. Yeah. And just with even by you reaching out, it it really meant a lot. Like I like I said, the whole post that I made about it, the whole collage that I did. That's how excited I was, because it really meant let me know that I'm doing something right. Because I there were times, in my where I doubted myself. There are times that I wondered, am I, am I doing the right thing? But sometimes all it takes is one person, you know. But you, yeah. you doubt yourself because other people put you down. And so, therefore, they make you think that you're doing something wrong. But it's one of those, you can't give up on yourself when others give up on you. Right. So, and that's one message that I would be more than happy to tell in the camera. Like, don't give up on yourself when others give up on you because it will happen. It will happen. And you just got to stay the course. Love yourself. Surround yourself with people who will love you and trust you. So
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you. One last question. Well, before we get there, I I do want to say I I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you being vulnerable and and sharing Mm -hmm. your story. And, you know, I know that's not easy, especially, you know, with with the experience you had at a very young age Mm -hmm. and still coming through keep fighting and and being able to say that and and wanting to be better and wanting to get past that not only that and wanting to help others as well um i am inspired by that i yeah. because i know it's not easy right um and that's i know it's not easy. And that's me not even knowing or experiencing what you've been through. So I know that alone has to be much harder. So I, I really applaud you and I I am so looking forward for all the content that you put out. You. I'm looking forward for the success that's coming to you.
2: Thank
0: you. Um, and I look forward to to watching you be the role model and, and being that coach and being the man. that you you want to be that you that you're becoming and that you want to become Mm -hmm. and i'm sure that you know um all these experiences will definitely help you have that better relationship with your future wife right um and and just live that much more of a better life because now it's going to be now now then it's it's You'll know better basically right you know you you'll you'll be able to be more aware of, of even every action every right. word every everything um and I have no doubt that you have a great heart I feel it I thank feel you. that that you truly do care and you thank truly you. do want to be a better version of yourself um and, and I feel it and I know it
1: thank you Thank you so much.
0: And so, um, one last thing, um, one last question I, I'd like to ask you that I ask every guest, and that is, what is your personal definition of happiness? What does happiness mean to you?
1: Definitely, uh, different answers. Different answers to that. One would have to be peace, mm. peace, establish peace with yourself, with those that you love. That uh, def- definitely peace is that could define happiness as far as as far as like growth and also for me I love seeing and this might also be like a vague answer I, I love seeing people happy if I can scroll through Facebook and I see someone who got engaged or someone who got promoted that stuff's happening to me because it it elevates me like it touches me in a way that I want to become better because although I may feel right now that like while well, my life may not go as well, how the way I wanted it to be I know that I'm either going to have that as well or even something better based on what God wants it to be so peace and happiness would definitely be my, my definitely answer for that. I love that. Absolutely.
0: All right, everyone. Well, absolutely. make sure to follow Chris. How can they find you again?
1: Uh, Reyes underscore get fit eighty seven. So just mixing up my content with training and you know self motivation and everything. So absolutely. And thank you for having me. And again, congratulations on everything. I'm very proud of you, and you are definitely someone that I look up to. And you are you are. You are going the way, and I can't wait to see everything that you got coming to you.
0: Thank you. We'll have to do it again.
1: Of course. Absolutely. I'll be here. Yes. All right.
0: All right, everyone. Make sure you subscribe and you follow and stay tuned.
1: Absolutely.